Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. This is going to be another episode of SNTR Gaming News covering the New World Endgame update, the big 1.2 that is coming. We uh, we covered recently the PTR and the winter event, and I wanted to separate this as a separate video. So if you're looking for sort of a breakdown of that, I'm going to read through and give you a click, uh, like a quick Cliff's Notes right here at the front of the stream. And then throughout the stream, we're going to go and actually look at the, the documentation and everything they put on the dev blog. This is an SNTR update. The New World Endgame 1.2 update has been outlined by the developers and it has some significant changes to the high watermark system as well as expeditions and difficulty. If you like these SNTR updates, be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button or check me out on SNTR Gaming where I live stream this on YouTube. So the first thing that they're doing, I'm going to try and give you Cliff's Notes, my long tail stream. We're going to dive over the notes and really break it down, but I'm going to give you the Cliff's Notes in this video. They're going to have expertise replace the high watermark system. This was done in response to some of the criticisms about the high watermark system. And from where I sit, just sort of quickly reading it and thinking through how that will flesh itself out, it seems like it will be a better way to honor player investment and not have people feeling like their work is being ignored. They're not just doing the expertise system in a vacuum or on its own either. It will update in the UI and have different displays so that you know where each slot's expertise is. And there is something called gypsum casts being added and you open these to guarantee expertise bumps. So they're coupling this to have this be a holistic system to put you sort of in charge. That way you are able to raise these expertises and not feel as if the high watermark system which many people felt had a lot of utility or or sort of mistakes baked into it. Another thing they're doing is they are tuning expeditions. Each, each expedition boss will guarantee a random expertise bump. They also fixed all of the chests in the Lazarus Instrumentality and Garden and Genesis, so they now have a chance to provide endgame expertise bumps. So this shift away from the high watermark system to the expertise system is also meaning they have to update their expeditions. They added item shards as a guaranteed drop uh, for expedition bosses and as a chance to drop from elite chests. They added guaranteed sapphire gypsum drops for each expedition boss. So there's gypsum, there's currencies, there's expertise things here that they are doing in order to make expeditions relevant to this new sort of end game grind. They are also walking back some of the difficulty of the expeditions that they feel got a little bit overtuned in November. They say they want to land sort of in the middle. They don't want expeditions to feel too easy, but they also don't want them to feel as if they are way too difficult. Now, from where I sit, this is all great. It seems to me that they are attempting to overhaul a pretty significant system and foundational aspect to the endgame grind. The high watermark system is one of the main sort of undercurrents of how you progress and feel that you are quote-unquote leveling up once you are at level 60. If they can get this right, they may be able to recapture a lot of the more long-standing or loyal players who walked away if they can couple this with new content. It's one thing to update all of this and make the expeditions relevant to this new expertise grind, add a new element of of loot pursuit that is a part of this expertise grind, but in its current state, I don't see the game really pulling lots of those players back just with this update. It is the beginning, in my mind, of a good foundational change and good groundwork to then bring content on top of it. 
to then say hey we made all those nice changes now the map is opening or we've got new expeditions or weapon sets armor sets and all of these other things this I think is the move in the right direction that we want to see I still continue to think their primary focus right now, going into January, should be giving us a very good roadmap for what next year is going to look like, because quality of life updates are great, and sort of these random updates of like, hey, we're going to do this winter event, that's all well and good, but I think player loyalty and investment could land a little bit better and get more traction if we knew what was coming, and a roadmap would do that. As always, if you like these SNTR updates, hit subscribe and the bell button, and I'll see you in the next video. And then obviously the stream's going to continue because we got a lot to discuss here. The, the, these notes, these patch notes and everything that went into this, uh, it, it's actually pretty substantive. It's a pretty significant change to be like, hey, we're going to completely overhaul the high watermark system and go to an expertise system. Uh, this is obviously something that, you know, the the people that have been playing the game and grinding the game, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be uh, very important to them to see that, you know, hey, they're listening to our feedback. They're adjusting endgame grinds. They're making things, you know, uh, more more pat- palatable. What are the endgame territories? Asks Panda. So uh, one of the endgame territories is one of the places I don't like going right now, which is like Ebon Scale Reach. That would be one of the endgame territories. Pretty high level. You you get shot a lot. It's a little bit too Musketville for my tastes. Um, you just kind of have to run. Um, Mando in the background must be a Star Trek fanboy. That's right. Uh, I don't know if Top Chat is different for different people. Like, uh, does it care that I at Eugene a lot, or does it just go off the crap comments that it typically are? I think it tries to do what I would consider to be a quick filter, and it just quickly judges whether or not they think a comment uh, is is worthy of the live chat for like mainly for events. Like, did, is this person being crass, rude, whatever? I think it tries to make a very quick assessment. Assessment. That's why I don't think it works very well. Endgame territories are Shattered and Reekwater. Shattered Mountain, Great Cleave, Ebonscale Reach, Eden Grove, and Reekwater. There you go. Jay Stubbles is actually from their uh, their art team, so he can give he can give a little bit more of a substantive answer than uh, myself. Um, you know, and Christina named a couple of them too, but he gave you all of them, so that's that's helpful. Uh, for me, for me, I'm encouraged to see this. I am encouraged to see this because a couple of reasons. Number one, it's very clear that New World gameplay revolves around and will live and die on whether or not people want to keep playing. And it was pretty clear that the high watermark system was a turnoff for a lot of the endgame players. They They just didn't like it. They didn't think it was designed well, it was frustrating, and they made a lot of criticisms about it. It seems as though they have, I think, uh, adequately... No, I don't ignore each chest pain. They've adequately, you know attempted to I would say we don't know how well this is going to be long term at least from my initial estimation it seems good right it seems good I want to pull up I want to pull up the the patch notes for you now uh, the end game update here let's get this let's try to get this nice and big on the screen for you um, oh my cam's not on there we go so I can sort of sit here uh, I'll sort of sit here next to it um, and the 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 nat- the nature the nature of this game i think is that they do like the fact that casuals are playing i do i think they like the fact that casuals are playing 
but I also think they realize there's an end road. Like, people have to be able to get to the end and enjoy their time. So, this is the way that the expertise system... Um, and this is how they open it up. This is how they open it up. And this is, again, why I'm a little bit encouraged when I read this. I'm still holding their feet to the fire on on a roadmap, and I'm still going to be like, you guys got to be a little bit better about you know using your info channels to make sure the entire community knows about important things like server murders. I still stand by my, my fire and my fury yesterday, but this is, I think, encouraging information. Uh, they say the following. Based on feedback on the high watermark system and our desire to have a compelling and diverse endgame, we are making some major updates in our December 1.2 patch. Our goal for the endgame is to provide a variety of activities that all provide compelling rewards and interesting challenges. In this article, I'll discuss three big changes we'll be making. Improving our endgame gear progression, increasing rewards for some endgame activities, and tuning difficulty of endgame content. No, I've not gotten in the last two expeditions yet. I just, I, I lost a lot of care and concern because it was just like, I didn't want to be that guy that just kept playing and like having fun while the rest of the community was, was struggling and irritated and their servers were in bad shape. It's just the vibe, the vibe shifted for me very quickly. Um, I also think leveling to 60 just, it burned me out a little bit. So the expertise and the gypsum system. So the New World high watermark system is on the way out. So new World gameplay, New World end game gameplay is going to revolve around an expertise system, which is a completely new way to progress. And here's how it's going to work. Since New World's launch, we've heard the feedback from our community that the high watermark system was not communicated effectively, promotes a single monotonous activity, and it had too much randomness and was a bit too grindy. Um... I really echo this summary. I I said that I didn't think they communicated it very clearly either. I just, I didn't seem as though they had put a lot of thought into letting the player sort of orient to how it was going to work. And so I think that led to confusion, the spread spread of bad information. um, And then obviously that leads to player frustration. Now, all of that is landing on, as they describe it, a single monotonous activity that was random and grindy. Okay, so if you interact with something that's that's monotonous, random and grindy, and you're already sort of confused about it, it's just ripe for irritation and rejection. So, they say, we are completely revamping the system to address these concerns. This new and improved high watermark system is called Expertise. In the December update, Expertise will govern the highest drops you can get per slot, much like the high watermark system did. But, starting in early 2022, it will also govern the effectiveness of your gear. This means if you're Warhammer expertise is 520 and you equip a 550 gear score Warhammer, the weapon's effective gear score will be reduced to 520. Sounds like slot leveling, doesn't it? While we understand some players this may result in a temporary reduction in power, we believe in the long run this will result in more rewarding progression loop that can't be bypassed by buying gear off of the trading post. So basically there may need that you have to invest in that slot. You can't just go buy it and raise your watermark. Which was one of the flaws of the high watermark system. A major improvement provided by expertise is that a player's expertise per slot is displayed on the inventory screen as well as the average expertise of all equipped gear. Okay. I'll show you this in a moment. 
Additionally, each time a player gets an expertise bump, a level up banner will appear showing their new expertise level. Note that the expertise system unlocks at level 60, so this information will not be shown until then. Okay? You can see here, okay, expertise average is a 526. And then when you go next to all of these items, 520, 520, all right? And they don't have any breakouts. So I'm a little unclear as to how they have a 526 when everything is 520. Maybe they explain that below. Maybe JSUB can explain that to me. Um, the second major improvement is for players to control their progression with the gypsum. Yeah, how has this guy got a 526 if everything's 520? Am I am I am I not seeing something here? 520, 520, 520, 520, 520, 520, 520, 520, 520, 520. I don't understand. A major improvement provided by expertise is that the player's experience slot is displayed on the inventory screen as well as average expertise of all equipped gear. So... So you have gear that can score above, but why would that affect the average? I don't understand what that information's not helpful. It's it's saying that the average expertise of all equipped gear, they just said a moment ago, you can equip gear that's higher than your expertise, but that's gear score, that's not expertise. I don't understand that doesn't this is this is an illogical screenshot. This screenshot does not make any sense. Did they did they acknowledge below that this is an er, this is erroneous? No, that that screenshot He's got plus 6 for the season pass dummy. <laughs> oh golly. What's the level of the character? That has no bearing on expertise. If you're... If your 600 gear score item bought off the market will be 560 if your expertise is 520. Oh, it lands in the middle? Alright, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Yeah, but that's not what it says here. You can equip a 550 gear score Warhammer, but the effective gear score is reduced to 520. It drops it to 520, not in between. It doesn't drop it to to 520. Uh, what would that be? What would the in-between be? Uh, 535. It doesn't tell you that the Warhammer's effective gear score is 535. It says it's 520. If your Warhammer expertise is 520, you equip a 550, the weapon's effective gear score is 520. It takes on the slot. That's the original article you're looking at. Is there a new one? More changes were posted last night. They walked it back. 
you're looking at an old post. Well, thank goodness my recording didn't go into the details. Too many freaking Christmas. So now they're saying it's an in-between. That still doesn't make sense of this freaking picture, but okay. Uh, this is questions. This is so hard to keep track of. There's so much stuff here. I don't see the walk back. Oh, right here it is. Here it is. Here it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When we implement the gear score scaling, we will now only reduce the effectiveness to the middle of your expertise and the item's gear score. So if your musket expertise is 520 and you buy a 600 gear score musket off of the market, your effective gear score will be 560. This combined with getting to use all perks should create good value in the marketplace for future users. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. There's just so much here. This is, I mean, this is, (laughs) this is a lot. All right, all right, all right. That still doesn't make sense of this picture because that that's something that they're saying that this would this wouldn't show 520. It would show as they're saying it would show the in between. So this picture has got to be wrong. These are all 520s. Nothing is above a 520. I don't know how to get a 526 out of that. Read all the changes. They're really good. All right, hang on a second. changes the changes won't necessarily make sense if we don't read through this stuff right here right if you craft your gear expertise could be higher for a non-equipped weapon what the marker is the expertise you have Okay, so yeah, he has 520 on all these slots. The effective gear score isn't going to change this purple number according to their own language. The effective gear score is halved. It's not going to indicate it here with the purple. Where are you seeing 526? Right here. The average the average expertise. This has to be a, an error. You won't see changes to the gear score of the item. The stats will be calculated as stated, not shown. People are not getting what you're saying. Your average can't be above your score. That's what I, yeah, that's what I mean. This has got to be a bad picture. the, the, The pick is from before they announced the change. Even if they announce, okay, but Brandon, even with their announced change, they're saying the effective gear score. They're not saying expertise. Do you understand? Let me go back down and make sure I fully have grappled with their update. Because as far as I know, the effective gear score meets you in the middle. It's not raising your expertise or your expertise average. Right here. 
If your musket expertise is 520 and you buy a 600 gear score musket, your effective gear score will be 560. It's not raising your expertise or your average expertise. They're just honoring the gear score of the item by meeting you halfway and giving you an effective gear score of 560, even though the slot's expertise is 520. It will not bump your expertise. You need to grind for expertise bumps. You can't buy expertise bumps. That's the whole point of this system. Yeah, it's probably a mistake in the image. It's got to be a mistake in the image. Um, okay, so with the expertise, uh, any items you currently have at 600 will stay at 600. Any new items purchased off market after the patch will be at half the gear score versus the watermark. Right. You can buy with gypsum orbs, but the gypsum orb is a grind in and of itself, is it not? The second major improvement we made is adding a way for players to control their gear progression. To achieve this, we introduced gypsum. Gypsum is a new resource that is found by doing a variety of activities. Gypsum can be crafted into orbs, which can then be turned into special caches called gypsum casts. Casts are a gear type specific, and when opened, They are gear type specific, and when open, guarantee an expertise bump for the type of gear as well as the item of that type. So if you really want to increase your bow expertise, you can craft a gypsum bow cast. Players can earn gypsum by doing seven different endgame activities. So you can get an obsidian gypsum by defeating 60 plus open world name bosses typically found in elite landmarks. Sapphire gypsum defeating the final boss of the Lazarus instrumentality in Garden of Genesis. A ruby gypsum is found in the outpost rush caches. Uh, Emerald gypsum is found in the trade skill aptitude reward containers. A citron gypsum is found in the arena caches. Amethyst gypsum is found in the beach caches. And then the topaz gypsum is found on hostile creatures level 55 and up, but only after consuming a special attunement potion that can be crafted at a tier 5 camp. Now, this paragraph is where I got concerned because this sounded like they were trying to tighten my belt after Thanksgiving dinner, okay? We believe that providing different ways to collect gypsum will allow players to play a variety of content while always finding a way uh, finding at least a few activities that they love to progress in their gear score. Engaging in these activities for 30 to 60 minutes a day will earn players enough gypsum of that type to craft a, dip- a gypsum orb. After players have earned sufficient gypsum for an orb, they won't earn more for 23 hours. I don't know if I like that. Gypsum orbs can then be crafted into casts for any weapon, armor, or trinket type. Note that any craft, any uh, you can craft any type of cast once per day. Opening the gypsum cast will guarantee an expertise bump and reward players with a random piece of gear of that type with gear score equal to the new expertise level. We've introduced a new kiln crafting station in all endgame zones that allows players to craft gypsum orbs and various gypsum casts. So some of this sounds like I don't like them kind of tightening up how often you can do it. I understand why they might want to do that though, even though it, it could grate against player behavior. Note that we've tuned down the general chances of getting an expertise bump to compensate for the guaranteed bumps that are added with gypsum. Elite chest odds were reduced a little, but open world named enemies were reduced a lot. But we have increased up the amount of your expertise increases with each bump to make gypsum casts and the random bumps feel more valuable. regular time gate 
Right, my only concern is, is this is the same argumentation I used with the changes to the Halo Infinite Battle Pass. It's not landing on the way that people play. If you have a Friday and a Saturday and you want to put in two really long play sessions, this time gate really messes with it. It's that sort of passivity of like, well, you're you're going to you're going to optimize your ability to progress by playing every day. I don't like that. That doesn't land on that doesn't land on the the, the player base in a good way. That's rigid. You don't see it as rigid, but it's rigid. I don't know. I, I've never been a fan of that. I understand why you're doing it. I get it, but there are people that can't play every day, and now they're less. They're they're ten hours on on Saturday is less optimum than my two hours a day Monday through Friday. Does that make sense? So you can put in ten hours, two hours Monday through Friday. I put in ten on Saturday, and I, mine's less optimum because I I didn't get the I, I'm 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 punished by the cooldown, right? It's more forgiving than the default system. Sure, and that's a good sign. I always see something like that, and that's the first thing I think of. How many casual people are playing this game? Isn't that one of its appeals, right? And and then, but, but and when I say casual, that might mean that they block, you know, a ten-hour period of time on Friday and Saturday to play the game. It's not nearly close to good for me. It puts a huge block on my progress. It's punishing not playing versus rewarding playing. Right, it's like, well, shame on you. You didn't log in every day. Well, what in the world? You built a game that doesn't necessarily appeal to somebody who can log in and play every day. It's very it's very accessible. That doesn't mean that a casual player is automatically not going to care about this. I do think the more casually minded the player, the less likely something like this is going to frustrate them. But at the same time, you can be very loyal and your schedule can be very different. And therefore, you have to play on Thursday, Friday, Saturday instead of seven days a week. On our server, we do a daily run of elite runs at the same time. It takes two to three hours to do it in all. Right, so that's your play set. That's somebody's play session Monday through Friday. Very optimum if you're doing a grind like this to raise your expertise. Somebody who can't do that might log five or six hours on Friday and then five or six hours on a Saturday, 10 to 12 hours. You're going to hit 10 to 12 hours Monday through Friday. They're going to hit 10 to 12 hours Friday and Saturday. Your grind is optimized. Theirs is not. That's why I don't like it. I don't think it lands on player behavior. There's a spectrum of player behavior. It lands on a subset of player behavior that's desired by the developer and not necessarily in line with the way that people play. I'm not going to overbake the cake and overcriticize this. That's one of, from a philosophical standpoint, that's why I don't like this sort of thing because I don't think it lands on the broad spectrum of player that engage in different ways. I think it's a mistake to do it that way. I don't, I don't, I don't want to overstate my criticism. It's good to see them making these changes, but I always think zoomed out from a philosophical level, this isn't going to land on everybody and will likely be criticized. Um, reward improvements to ensure all of our end game activities provide compelling rewards for the effort and risk involved. We've reviewed them and made some adjustments. We will continue to audit our rewards for each activity and make further adjustments as necessary for this round. We focus on expeditions, good choice and priority here. Our goal is that expeditions are super rewarding experiences since they require a time investment to craft an orb and our challenging content. We've made four adjustments to make them more rewarding. Number one, each expedition boss will guarantee a random expertise bump. 
Now that's a great choice. Okay? Look at what they just did. What was one of my primary criticisms of expeditions? They're worthless to you once you're out-leveling it. Not now. Each expedition boss is a guaranteed random expertise bump. That's wonderful. That, that's, that's, that's elongating relevancy. Good, good decision here. Excellent. I, I applaud this. This is how you get more capital out of your content. All right. We fixed all the chests in Lazarus instrumentality in the garden in the Genesis so that they have a chance to provide endgame expertise bumps. They added item shards as a guaranteed drop for expedition bosses and as a chance to drop from elite chests. So item shards are a new crafting ingredient that enables players to craft an item with a specific attribute bonus while being able to use a craft mod to guarantee a perk. Item shards are guaranteed to drop from expedition bosses and they have a chance to drop from elite chests and expeditions and elite landmarks another currency to give you some agency over what you're creating they added a guaranteed sapphire gypsum drop for each expedition boss this is great this is great because now 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 hang on though hang on hang on there there is there is there is some risk here in that there is some risk here in that there is easier expeditions than others so my concern reading this is you and all of your friends or LFG in general is going to clamor to the easier expeditions. You see? You see? Like people are going to clamor to the easier expeditions because they're just be, they'll be faster. Cuz if you're getting guaranteed expertise bumps, see there's always flaws there's always potential underbellies of weakness and changes like this. I've not read their updates down below just yet, but the community is going to rally around, both with respect to community, company, and LFG behavior. Everybody's going to funnel to the faster expeditions because these are guaranteed drops. Item shards, guaranteed. Guaranteed expertise, bump. Right? Guaranteed sapphire gypsum. You got to think, you got to think the harder expeditions are going to need something or this, this doesn't exactly, right? So I say on the outset, this is a good change. This is a good change. This creates elongated relevancy, but I'm pretty sure it's only Garden and Lazarus. No, it says each expedition boss. These are expeditions. Now they fixed Lazarus instrumentality and Garden and Genesis, so they have a chance to provide endgame expertise bumps. So those are chests. They're saying every boss is gonna is gonna drop this guaranteed. Chests would be time gated, no. Right. But the bosses aren't. Look at the boss language, Christina, right? Each expedition boss is an expertise bump. Item shards, uh, guaranteed drop from expedition boss, and guaranteed sapphire gypsum from expedition boss. So they have to consider this. They have to consider the player behavior that will respond to this. They'll all clamor to the easier expeditions and the older, uh, I'm sorry, the, the, the later game expeditions could potentially be very, very much ignored here.
As we discussed above, we've added gypsum to a variety of our endgame activities. This should make all those activities more rewarding since they will result in gear progression and one guaranteed good drop from opening the gypsum cast. We felt that the war and in the invasion were already rewarding enough due to their limited availability. We wanted to be careful about making them even more rewarding. Arena bosses also guarantee an additional random expertise bump, which along with the citrine gypsum, hopefully will make them more rewarding activities now. Difficulty adjustments. Not necessarily farm the boss, Christina, because once you beat him, you got to go back to the beginning. I'm talking about as a whole, what the community is going to do, they will take the path of least resistance, that they will funnel toward the shorter and faster expeditions. Everything the post is referring to Lax and Jen, though, I read it the same way as you at first, but I'm not sure if that's how they meant it. Boy, they better clear that up because... They say here, our goal is that expeditions are super rewarding. Here are four adjustments to make them, the antecedent being expeditions, make them more rewarding. They They are not saying this about only those expeditions. They're saying expeditions. You're not going to get expertise increases from depth, Starstone, ETC. According to this, you will. They need to clarify that. If 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 this is not cl- if this is not clear, then it's not all of the expeditions. I have two questions. Will you do anything to the lower level expeditions to give them relevancy since you literally outline a philosophy here that you want end game activities to provide compelling rewards for the effort and the risk involved. We're looking at expeditions. We want expeditions to have super rewarding experiences because it's a time investment to craft the orb and they're challenging. Okay. That's their philosophy for expeditions, not the tough ones. <laughs> Do you see? I think it's poorly written. If they're if they're meaning, oh no, it's just Lazarus and what you're saying, what Lazarus and Garden and Genesis, the back three, because they're saying we have fixed those chests to provide end game exp- uh, a chance to provide ex- end end game experience bumps. Yeah, look, look, it's actually, it actually seems like it's outlining and saying the chests in Lazarus Garden and Genesis have a chance to give you endgame expertise bumps. The other ones don't, but the other ones will get the bump for their bosses. I think the lower level ones get shards, not expertise bumps. I could be wrong. I'll let the team know to clarify. Yeah, this, this, this is, this is, this is lacking in some clarity. Some clarity here would be great. Difficulty adjustments. We've made several adjustments in the endgame difficulty to compensate for some accidental overtuning that we did in November. Um, so th- this is this is this is pretty generic. They don't give us any specific specificity here, but they're saying that pre-November we overturned uh, health health point sponges that we had afterwards. So they went from it being too easy to being sponges. Uh, with the changes to expertise, players can progress their gear in a variety of ways before venturing into these endgame areas. Because remember, level 66 elite landmarks are supposed to be really hard. We also modified two other elite landmarks to become endgame po- points of interest. The Malevolence Elite Point of Interest in Eden Grove was up-leveled to 66, and it now has six elite chests that can provide the uh, expertise bumps. And the Imperial Palace and North Dynasty Shrine Elite Landmarks in Ebonscale Reach have also been leveled up to 66. 
Now there will be Endgame Open World Arena in each of the Endgame territories. Ebonscale, Shattered Mountain, Eden Grove, and Reekwater. Okay, these are good changes. These are good changes. Um... Conclusion, we're sorry that the endgame experience was not at par with the start of the game and hope these changes remedy start to remedy that. I appreciate the phrasing here. We're not done yet and we'll continue to refine, improve, and add to our endgame over time. Hopefully these changes will create better foundation to build off of. To build off, sorry. They have an expertise in gypsum fact, uh, frequently asked questions here. So, when an item's gear score has its effectiveness reduced, to your expertise is it permanent or temporary it's not a permanent change the item will retain its inherent gear score and as you increase your expertise the effective gear score to the item will increase to the inherent gear score right well and the effectiveness will 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 work right so if you have a the middle the middle is going to move as your as your expertise goes up do you see so if you've got uh, a piece of gear score that's 590 and your expertise is 550 but then your expertise goes up to 560 in between 560 and 90 is different it goes up so your effectiveness will go up as your expertise goes up with the update that they made How do crafters fit into the endgame? Crafters will still be critical to endgame gear. At endgame, crafters are the best source of custom gear score 600 legendaries, and with the addition of the timeless shards, they now have even more control over the outcome of their crafts. We will not sell gypsum in the cash shop. Crafting an item does not raise your expertise. However, with the addition of the trade skill aptitude system, crafters will be able to earn emerald gypsum as a path to increase their expertise. Yeah, we didn't cover that, the the trade skill aptitude system that they outlined. Is buying higher gear score armor or weapons useless now? No, it is not useless. You can buy a legendary 600 gear score item and keep it forever and grow into it. And with their change of it meeting you in the middle on effective gear score, it's perfectly good and well to buy high gear score items. Can you clarify one cast each day? This means you can only craft one of each weapon type per day. Only one gypsum bow cast a day or one gypsum fire staff cast a day but you could theoretically craft as many as the 20 gypsum casts in a day. Uh, Three jewelry, five armor, 12 weapons. If you had that many gypsum orbs, note, you will only be able to earn enough gypsum to craft a maximum of seven gypsum orbs a day. Okay. This person's asking about the thing that concerned me, but you're not going to be able to do, you're not going to be able to do enough anyway.
So even if you totally max out here, you can only do seven gypsum orbs a day. And you would just probably rotate through your items. Why do we need to craft a gypsum orb before a gypsum cast? The extra step is to limit the number of cast types you can craft per day. You can only create one gypsum bow cast or any other item type per day. In the past, you couldn't grind your high watermark jewelry, which means everyone will be behind, right? People will be a bit behind on their jewelry expertise, but in December, we've added a number of jewelry items to the drop tables, so players will be able to catch up both through gypsum and through random expertise bumps. Okay. Thank you for all the feedback. Uh, okay. The big change. In early 2022, when we start reducing the effectiveness of gear to your expertise level, we will exempt the following items. Any item you craft, any item you earn from a quest, any item you purchase from the faction shop. When these changes are implemented, gear score scaling will only apply to items sold or traded after that patch. So items obtained prior to this patch will not be impacted or reduced in any way. When we thought about it more, reducing power for existing players is just unacceptable and something we will not do. We initially thought it being only temporary and giving a new path with no gain back, uh, with, with, with a new path with, and giving a new path with to gain, that's, that's, that's written kind of poorly, to gain back the power with gypsum would be acceptable, but it's now clear we were wrong. Um. This updated system will also give players alternative ways to equip themselves if they don't want to engage in the expertise system. Crafting especially will gain even more importance in New World since any item you craft will be usable at that gear score regardless of expertise. Quests and faction shop items will be other alternatives to good gear and both are things we can continue to introduce more of in the future. Um... We acknowledge this change will create a difference between the way um, the way the game worked before and this change and after. We recognize uh, we recognize that some players who haven't hit 60 and yet acquired their gear may feel like the game may be harder for them. Hopefully, this is offset with the addition of gypsum and a new avenue that the previous players didn't have. In addition, when we implement the gear score scaling, we will now only reduce the effectiveness to the middle of your expertise. If so if your musket is 520, if your musket expertise is 520 and you buy a 600 gear score musket off the market, your effective gear score will be 560. This combined with getting to use all the perks should create good value in the marketplace for future users. December tuning and balance adjustments also based on the PTR feedback from playing with the expertise system and the gypsum system we are going to make a number of tuning and balance adjustments to the system please keep in mind these have not been tested so consider them directional examples of the changes we will be planning reduce the cost of crafting a gypsum orb from to 2.5 coin from 100 and gypsum cast to 5 coin from 475 we decided there was no need to add another coin expense for our level 60 players, but kept a minimal amount so endgame territory owners can earn a little more tax income. Change Topaz Gypsum to daily instead of weekly and reduce crafting ingredients to make it less difficult to craft. 
Change gypsum urn cooldown timers from 22 hours to 18, just to give a little more leeway to people's play schedules. In the future, we want to build a global cooldown system to make it easy to coordinate this and other daily activities like crafting and faction missions, but that is a lower priority than server mergers and other critical fixes, so this will not happen in the short to medium term. Adjust the way expertise bumps work so there is a minimum as well as a maximum. Currently, there is no minimum, which which can result in a few bad rolls at the start really demoralizing players. This will also increase the average bumps needed to get min to max expertise. Our goal is to average around 35. What? Adjust the way expertise bumps work so there's a minimum as well as a maximum. Currently, there's no minimum, which can result in a few bad rolls. This will decrease the average bumps needed to get from min to max expertise. Our goal is is to average around 35. 35 what? You need... An average of 35 bumps to get from the min to the max? Basically, each expertise bump will be a min of 2 to 3 and a max of 6 or so. So the bumps are bigger. 35 bumps to get to 600. Oh, per slot? Um. Move gypsum rewards from cash to event. A few activities such as outpost rush, corrupted breaches, arenas, and aptitude granted gypsum in the cash in the PTR. This leads to hoarding and uncertainty if using a cash now is safe. This change should resolve both of those concerns. Still a pretty long grind. 35 bumps on average get to max. Yeah, okay, okay. And some of the phrasing is just is sometimes a little a little a little awkward. Sometimes. Sometimes a little awkward. So overall, I mean, I would say these are good things. I I get the impression that they are actively trying to have a balance between revising, like, their vision for the game and where the game could go, right? They want to make sure and kind of revise that and have the players influence that. And they also want to make sure that they don't just over-swing and over, like... The fact that they're doing a complete overhaul of the um, the high watermark system tells me they're willing to make drastic changes if they feel it's necessary and warranted. Right now, if you got a watermark increase from a boss, you might get a bump of just one, which sucks. I haven't played in a few weeks. Same, the, the grind from 58 to 60 kind of took the wind out of my sails. Even if you can get bumps from other sources, how realistic can a casual run multiple activities every day? 
but a casual isn't going to think in the realm of like, I'm level 60 and have to get the gear score 600 super fast. Yeah, what's good, Melrose Mike? You know what I mean? Like, is a, is a casual player really concerned with that? I've been level 60 for almost two months now, and I still haven't maxed out all of my items at 600 watermark. So having some way to target the lower items that I can't get higher is going to be nice. You're casual. Right, right. No, and that's the challenge. That's the challenge, right? Is like the game appeals to the casual player. Not like super casual players, but the game appeals to people who play it in a casual way. That's how I'll say it. New World appeals to people like New World gameplay and the New World Endgame gameplay. It does. Like, I think it appeals to people who play in a little bit of more of a casual way. And the question is, how much do you let those player patterns and desires influence design? Because it is an MMO, and, and endgame grinds have to be thoughtful. They they can't be um they can't be blitzed. You can't you can't give people, you know, routes that are unnaturally fast or too fast or any of that. You can't do that. You're you're, you're I don't know. I don't know. There's a balance here, and I think that's one of the challenges. Like, I think, in some respects, I think a lot of these discussions remind me of Destiny because Destiny was very similar in that it appealed to hardcores and casuals, and that always creates unique, you know, unique challenges. And I think it creates even more unique challenges for a game that's marketing itself as an MMO. I mean, their hashtag on Twitter is literally New World MMO. They describe themselves as an MMO. It it looks and smells like an MMO. So it's like, there's this weird tension right now with, well, here's your committed players, and, and here's what they like to do, and here's how they play, and there's just this massive spectrum of engagement. Because when I've engaged in New World gameplay, I've done a variety of things. Sometimes I want to go and immediately jump into a dungeon. We spend the, I'm sorry, an expedition. We spend our entire time in that expedition. And then the next day I'm just like running around doing nothing. You know, mining, you know, trees and, and, and iron ore or whatever. Or fishing. So even within the realm of somebody playing every day, my behavior in the game was all over the place, you know? And I think that's one of the game's appeals. So the challenge is, can you take a game that appeals to a casual, you know, new world gameplay is is appealing to a casual, and at the same time, structurally speaking, can you apply a structure to the game that elongates that experience without making all these casual players feel like I'm never going to have a sense of accomplishment? How do you give people who play only a couple hours on the weekend a sense of accomplishment? In the in the same in the same vein and token, be given people who play five hours a night a sense of accomplishment. When's Infinite releasing? Yeah, tomorrow. 
On Destiny, playing as a casual, you crave for the good the goodies offered, but you can't get those without playing as a hardcore. This game is a solo player. It gets rough after the 40 plus. Yeah. No, yeah. It does. Because you have to go into areas where if you get solo aggroed, it's just really, really challenging. Um, and I don't know if there's an answer or a solution to that, uh, Detroit, because it's not that you shouldn't play an MMO by yourself, but an MMO can't necessarily cater its design, its world difficulty, enemy saturation, and and its, its slope of challenge. I don't know if you can... I don't know if you can tune it for a solo, solo player. And I like to play solo. I do. I like to play solo, and I can't right now. I have to grab the boys, and we got to run in the, run around Ebon Scale Reach, you know, doing challenges and uh, doing doing quests and stuff. I can't do it by myself. I'll get absolutely sh- just just slaughtered. And 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 I don't know how they solve that because you're 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 playing. You're you're playing the the back half of a game that's not really can't I don't know if it can be designed for solo play. It'd be like being aggravated that you don't get to play expeditions, and it's like well it's it's not designed for solo play. It's designed for group play. You got to use a group finder, you know. And so I never want to tell somebody how they should play, but I do think there are games that, at their core, their identity and their structure can't be catered to the solo player I I just I don't think it works which is one other person that makes it so much easier yeah as long as you're not solo aggro like when you're the only person in the area that's drawing aggro from the enemies it's pain it is freaking pain I got redirected here, and the first thing I hear is solo aggro. Right. It's more that we're healers. It makes it almost impossible to do ending end game content alone. I mean, yes and no, right? Yeah, if you're full, full, if you're full on tank, then you can run through these areas by yourself. That is true. Yeah, your build, your build gets pretty limited if you want to have viability by yourself. My level 60 friends have no issues soloing stuff. Yeah, there's probably a tipping point when you get to 60 where you can build yourself to be pretty strong to handle those areas. It's like level 40 to 60 is where it's tough because you're not optimized yet. It's been forever since I heard a good leaf blow, right? My biggest complaint is mobs spawn back too quick. I mean, I get it. 
but I get screwed. Right. So the servers are down and they took it back to close beta servers? I'm not sure what you're talking about. The other guy literally told me to change builds to run up north. That's why I rage quit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... I don't know what the answer is because the only way you can have that sense of power fantasy and leveling and getting stronger, you have to have areas that are harder and more challenging. You have to have areas where you feel the pain and the need to progress. And when you feel the pain and the need to progress, you're, you're going to naturally, you know, go out and and try to find loot, or maybe you're going to circle back, you know, maybe you're going to circle back and say, all right, I I, got to go back and, and try and, and try and get better gear or I got to try and craft or whatever. And then that creates that sense of satisfaction and that, that excitement about, you know, feeling like, oh, I'm ready for this next area, you know? I feel like a crutch that I have to rely on my friends to help me. But as Zubair is saying, like, the second M in the MMO, like, it's a massive multiplayer game. Like, if you're going to go into really, really crazy, hard, challenging areas, I don't know. I don't know if you're crutching. It doesn't feel like that's a crutch. It feels like you're going into areas that are designed for, lot, like, more than one person to run around. wasn't the hardest area though it was a weapon quest line I've been here long I heard expeditions and thought outriders they call the end game dungeons in new world they call them expeditions yeah there's an issue right now with characters and or skins disappearing so they took the servers down oh servers are down literally right now okay it might drive a lot of people into the stream. Usually when there's maintenance, we, we end up with a flood of people. Um, yeah, 27 minutes ago. We are experiencing an issue with service in U.S. East that's impacting New World and the Amazon website for some players. No other regions are impacted at this time. The team is working on it and expecting to have it fixed soon. But they've not even officially tweeted that they've taken the servers down. AWS is having issues. It's breaking the internet. Huh. If you guys are tuning in, yeah, it's, it's sort of a, you know, new world maintenance is happening right now. New world servers are having an issue. So if your new world server went down, they're, they're looking into it. They're not sure what the issue is. Um, my work is spiraling. <laughs> I've had fun uh, through 50 and then it was a chore. Yeah, I kind of mentally hit a barrier myself because I went from 56 to 58 and then the last time I played, I didn't I don't think I rolled over or something happened. Like I don't know what it was and I was just like, ah, I just I don't know. People are saying the EU's affected too. Okay. Amazon's website in general is not doing so hot. Well, yeah, it could be it could be an issue. They could have some something in the in the, if AWS is having problems in the background it'll affect all their stuff um yeah i just logged into um 
I just logged into their their like affiliate login in the background and it was pretty slow. Silver Subaru with 11 months of membership. Love the New World discussions. Looking forward to diving in more as I just started the game this last weekend. Keep up the great discussions. Thank you very much. If you guys are tuning in for the New World Endgame update uh, or like the New World gameplay update, we are discussing everything that's coming with the expertise system versus the high watermark system. New World servers are apparently having an issue, so we may have some people coming in wondering what's going on. Um, I'm at 52 now solo, and it's really slowing down. I'm still enjoying my time, though. Yeah, my issue was I got to ebb and scale reach, and I just can't play by myself, and it just, the last couple times we played, I just wasn't having a good time. You just, ebb and scale reach has tons of enemies with muskets, so you're running and getting shot, and you're running and you're getting shot, and I completed all the missions, and I just, I didn't level up, and I was like, okay. The last 10 levels can feel like forever, right? Like I'm a pretty simple man, right? When it comes to gaming, I just need to log in and feel like I did something. If I log in and play for, you know, one and a half to two and a half hours, I need to be able to walk away and be like, okay, I got something done. Um, this is a, this is a mental block for me. It's like my brain just sort of is like, like, I don't wake up the next morning think, oh, I want to dive back in. When we were covering New World in those first couple of weeks, those New World gameplay streams, they weren't even doing that well, but I was having a good time, so I didn't care. I was progressing. We were getting to move to a new area. We were getting to do something, you know, new. And so it was like, for me, that daily, like, pull to log back in and, you know, New World leveling has received quite a bit of criticism and this is one of the reasons why because I feel like once you get past 45 they're just you you can develop sort of I think a I don't know an unhealthy engagement with the game do portals from 58 to 60 get mats and XP that is something that we didn't do Chris once I got to this point we hadn't done any of the portal grinds we had primarily been doing the quest grinds to get the first three because you get that you get that well rested so run some chest zergs and you'll hit it easy I hadn't done that yeah I was mainly running those three factions for the well rested so it's strange, there's only a few quests that really require a group. Gren and the Well Guardian are two examples. Yeah, but, John, it's more about the areas than the quests. If I go to Ebonscale Reach, and I'm just trying to run around and do some quests, it's, I mean, it's tough by yourself. Because, again, I call it solo aggro. When you're the only dude in the area, and all the enemies are like, what's that? And then they they all just kind of, like, mob you. I don't expect the enemies to do anything less, but when you're with a group, the aggro gets split, and you're able to maintain the combat a signi- in, 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 a, in a much better way, right? Greek Memories of Azure is now available. I already played this. Why are they emailing this? Did I play it early access? 
I don't think I did. When I played Greek Memories of Azur, um, oh, it's hitting Xbox and PlayStation 4 on Tuesday, December the 14th. Okay. Okay. Well, Guardian was nerfed and is now soloable. Off subject of New World, how is Valheim as a solo player? Anybody play it? I mean, Hilly and I played Valheim that one night, and that first boss that you fight, man, it, it took us a while. I, I would imagine Valheim could could have a steep a steep learning curve in the beginning to where you could you could get pretty beat up. You know? You could get pretty beat up. I'm the only thing Greek you need. Pete always coming in, hitting on me. <laughs> I did mostly town boards from 50 to 60. I did notice that. I did notice that I, you know, the town boards were really effective. I just got tired of doing it. Like I was constantly taking money from the treasury and like buying everything needed and slamming through. Like I know I could brute force my way to 60. This, like I said, my the mental block hit and I was just like, eh. You know, last couple times Creature and I have talked about it. He's like, there's dungeons you haven't done yet. There's open world dungeons you haven't done yet. And I've just been like, eh, I just don't care. Like, you you made landing the plane so unenjoyable for me that I'll, you know, I'll land the plane sometime. It's how I, it, it, that was the posture that I took. I enjoy the game. I love what they're doing with the end game stuff and I think it's pretty ambitious to completely jettison the high watermark system essentially out of the game and to go towards an expertise system I think all that's great but when I hit a mental block with the game I don't turn it on I just don't I'm like eh no hate towards you it was fun watching you play New World before you hit like level 40 or 45 after that it just became repetitive at least to me yeah, I can't make a town board grind entertaining. I mean, holy frick. Like, that's not doing anything. I'm running from a town board to an NPC to an NPC to an NPC and then back to the town board. I haven't spent a lot of time in Evanscale, but if the musket guys are like the Eden Grove archers, then I completely understand why you wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. Evanscale just has a lot of muskets and it's annoying. They're very accurate and you're you know, you're just trying to run from one place to the next and you're just getting shot just and and when you're by yourself, I mean, you're getting shot a lot because there's nobody else to shoot at. Like you're the only guy running through. Supplement that with town boards and repeating the dynasty dungeon quest over and over again. I did like the Dynasty Shipyard Dungeon. I thought it was good. I I enjoyed that one. I did. Valerian says, I refuse to play anything that time gates me. Quite frankly, I want to play when I want to play and be rewarded. Not when the game wants to allow me to get value from my time. I mean, I will say this, Valerian. When we looked at the gypsum thing, I don't think it's as, it's, it's, it's as bad as one might think. I don't think it's as bad as somebody might think. I do think, philosophically, I'm with you. I said the same thing about the the XP payout for the six games in Halo Infinite. I was like, this is just so bad, right? Um, 
off topic lono for the disc plates we only get the discount if we use the link there's not a code there is not a code if you use my link it should apply a discount once you're at checkout yes it's um it's it's a certain percentage if you do one to two and then the dis- the percentage goes up if you do three i think let's see what it is I wasn't in town to push when they did the big discount. I was out of town. They did something week of Thanksgiving, I think. And they did more. One to two displays, you should get 26% off. If you get three or more, you get 36% off. So you should see that percentage punch off when you're at checkout. You either use the link below in the description or the link that's in chat when you use the display command. We've had a couple of people I have not gotten credit for it because they weren't paying attention and they didn't get a discount at checkout. I'm like, you gotta watch, you gotta pay attention. I wish they could just give me a code, but they don't. They said they don't have a system for that. They a lot of sites don't set up codes. They use affiliate links, and that's easier for them to track. Time gates are okay in theory. You don't want players getting too far ahead of the curve. You have to kind of disguise time gates so that you don't really hit them, right? It's kind of like I'm trying to think. It, it would it would it would almost be like setting up a course for your kids to like run around in the backyard, and you want it to be obviously guiding and dictating their movements, but you don't want them to feel like they just keep running into barriers. That wouldn't be enjoyable. Like if that's what the, if the course was set up to be, maybe the turns were too sharp or there was too many obstacles. You don't want to feel like you're hitting your forehead on the time gate, like wham, like every day. It's got to be subtle to the point that you don't really notice that it's there. Or when you do notice that it's there, it's not that big of a deal. You're like, well, there's other things I can do. But if you feel like the bulk of your choices are being dictated by a time gate or something else, well, I mean, that. I think that can create a, a frustration point in the player. You're, you're, you're seeing, you're seeing too, too much behind the veil, is how I would phrase it. You're seeing so far behind the veil that... It's 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 leading to a sense of like why kind of a why bother like why if I just keep I'm just marking time right um, I'm I'm just marking time I'm just logging in um, to, to to mark time and to check that box for the day now for some people that's incredibly satisfying they put in their three to four hours and they're good other people are are not. I'm okay being pushed in a certain direction or coached to do a certain thing a limited number of times, but I don't want to feel the gate. Right, you feel the time gate, and that's when that's when the illusion breaks. That's when the illusion breaks, and you're like, nope, I've, I can see what you're doing. This happen, This has happened with the Halo Infinite Battle Pass. They, 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 you can see too much of what they're trying to get you to do. Theory and the implementation are often not aligned. Yeah, right. Mm-mm-mm. you might want to check out destiny 2 since there's an anniversary patch progress is gated but it's weekly and per character so if you aren't playing 40 hours a week you're good yeah I don't cover that game time gates is why I quit guild wars 2 I got max artificer uh, was excited to craft gear it was going to take me a full month to craft the ingots I needed despite having all the materials. So you had the materials, but it was going to just, it was going to be an arbitrary set amount of time that you needed to wait a month to craft the ingots. Yeah, that doesn't work. 
that doesn't work that's you hitting your forehead on the on the time gate you're just bam you're like wow that's gonna that's not gonna be enjoyable right not factual what's not factual about uh, the time gates in guild wars Eden can be annoying depending on the particular selection of enemies but Eben was tougher for me uh, being above the area level running solo oh you're saying what he's saying about guild wars 2 is inaccurate I don't know Ashen's usually pretty on point (laughs) the best analogy I can think of is it's like speed limits on the highway legally you can't go over a certain speed but it's like a soft cap rather than the car mechanically capable not being able to go faster right right there are but not a month's worth so Ashen says I needed 30 ingots and I could only craft one a day despite having thousands of ore that sounds like he literally needed to wait 30 days my friend he needed 30 ingots and he could make one a day I'm not a mathematician but that sounds like 30 days to me (laughs) that sounds like 30 days to me (laughs) you know I don't know, man. Seems pretty straightforward in the grand scheme of things. It was years ago. You heard that wrong? Yeah. It was also years ago, though, uh, Fu uh, to Buddha, so they may have fixed some of the things that he's talking about. That's for a full set. Okay. Yeah. Halo hype? Yeah, dude, we talked about it this morning. I'm going to be diving in tomorrow. I'll be diving in tomorrow. They put time gates to slow down the hardcore or the core players, but it ends up slowing casuals because those are the ones who can't min-max their playtime. Um, I would rephrase it a little bit. I would say it ends up slowing down some casuals some I don't think the entire category of casuals gets hit by this but there are I think there's a portion of casuals that are like I'm casual but I can put in a chunk of time on a Friday and a Saturday right and a time gate hurts me I don't think we've seen any time gates in 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 new world that that necessarily hurts the casuals I, I think we need to be careful because looking at the gypsums as an example you make like seven a day max I mean and that's going to be a ton of time so if you really really go hard at the gypsum grind and you make seven orbs in a day that's a pretty long play session I can't imagine that being that being like done in a couple of hours you said those are large yes there's medium there's large and then extra large is when they break it into four pieces so those are large yes Abe yep I think large is the best size I think mediums are just in that size where they'll have too much negative space around them on the wall if you know what I'm saying I'm not trying to convince you to spend more money I, I that doesn't matter to me from an actual like aesthetic perspective I feel like when you put the mediums on the wall, you're going to need other things on the wall, or there's just going to be a lot of empty space around them. The larges feel like a nice, they're like a more traditional movie poster size. 
Um, and extra large is obviously pretty absurd. Like you've got to have a lot of space and 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 be smart about what the picture is going to look like. Like extra large is dope, but it's you got to have the space for it. Um. So, we actually haven't sold any coffee today. This might be one of the first days without a coffee sale in an age, which is really encouraging. Um, but I think people may have stocked up. We haven't we haven't had a coffee order yet today. That's unusual for us. <clears throat> the dimensions are on the site. You should measure out with some masking tape to get an idea of what it's looking like. Angry Pete's making a pretty good suggestion. Yeah, you could do that as well. Like, if you know where you're going to put it, yeah, you could measure out w- in, and put some, like, masking tape on the wall just to, like, visual, you know, visualize it. Like, what's it going to look like? Um, you know. I think they do a good job on their website of putting a displate on a wall as, like, part of their demo, but, like, it's not your wall, so it's hard to know. Poor Lono sleeping with the badger outside today because of no coffee orders. Yeah, Madam will be displeased. My wife will be, (laughs) she'll be displeased. (laughs) Um, Angry Pete said, that involves forward planning and organization skills. I reject that premise. Deadly Dad Gaming says, seven orbs a day also costs you 500 per orb. So 3,500 per day to craft all seven. 25,000 per week. No, no, no. No, that's not true, Deadly Dad. That's an update. A gypsum orb is 2.5 coin down from 100, and a gypsum cast is only 5 coin down from 475. So no, it will not be that expensive anymore to do that. They've lowered the gold cost because they said, we decided there was no need to add another coin expense for our level 60 players, but we kept a minimal amount so that the endgame territory owners can earn a little more tax income. So yeah, they walked that back because I think people probably outlined what you did and said, who the frick's going to have enough gold to even really maximize this grind? My gosh. <laughs> somebody did the prop. Somebody probably crunched the numbers. and was like, are you guys sure about this? <laughs> uh, folks saw you coloring your face yesterday and said, I don't know about that coffee, man. Angry Pete says, I got mediums, but I'm hanging on to the ends of bookcases. Yeah, it definitely depends on where you're hanging them. Cause mediums would be good for like a door or a, um, or like a bookcase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, if I order any more coffee, I'll have to have my home rezoned as a warehouse. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine, Zubair. I don't want people ordering it that don't need to. Like, if you're already stocked up, I, that, that's, that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> uh...
since hashtag Bungie is trending. Speaking of trending, Bungie and the Mob Major was trending a trending topic on Twitter in North America, which led uh, uh, in June 2020. <laughs> Happy 30th. Happy 30th. <clears throat> if and when I get tired of, I may check out the new world, especially since they're fleshing out seasons. Where do they flesh out seasons? If you drive like a jerk, does that mean that most likely there are jerks in person too? Um, Man, that that's a pretty deep question. I think sometimes somebody can drive like a jerk because they lack self-awareness which generally if you lack self-awareness you're, you're probably a jerk and don't know it right sometimes I think there's a difference between like um uh, unwitting jerks and willful jerks right there's unwitting jerks you you meet people that just they're not aware of themselves like they just they need to spend some skill points in self-awareness they're unwitting and that doesn't excuse it right Flushing out the game. Why did it put seasons? Yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? Um, so I do think, like, if you if you drive at a level where you lack self-awareness and you're just running people off the road and being a jerk and changing lanes without your blinker and putting other people on the road at risk, yeah, you're probably a jerk. Right? You're probably a jerk. You might be an unwitting jerk. You're still a jerk. <laughs> Willful jerk is someone who drives like that as an act of aggression and a sense of superiority. And then they tend to be a very willful and volitional jerk in person. Like, they choose to be that way. You know, guys are like, what do you want, man? I'm just an a-hole. I can't stand being around people like that. Like, what do you want, man? I'm just a narcissist. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I struggle with being self-absorbed and being a narcissist. I can't just, like, wear that as a label and then excuse, you know, character flaws and uncouth and unkind behavior. I like the the Louis C.K. joke about driving. I'm the worst person I ever am while I'm the most dangerous I ever am. Yeah, like being provoked while driving and getting angry. Sure, sure, sure. Like that that definitely that definitely adds to it, I think. Um You should. Yeah, just wear a sign, be like, "What's the problem? I <laughs> I'm a self-absorbed narcissist." Does it, you know, I'm I'm owning it. Doesn't that mean I'm allowed to act in this way now? Uh. <laughs> what do you want, man? I'm just condescending a <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah, if you drive faster than me, you're a blank. If you drive slower than me, you're a blank. Like, nobody can win. That's exactly right. <laughs> Seriously, guys, why aren't we always talking about me? Nothing makes uh, ticks me off more than people 
uh, around not using turn signals and usually also driving like crap. Yeah, yeah. I get frustrated as a dad because I'm in a car with my family and when you're driving like that, you're putting everybody at risk, right? Uh, You know... It's one of those things where it's like, you're putting my family at risk. You could cause a massive accident in front of me that could put one of my family members in the hospital because you want to drive like an idiot. Like, that's I, that's why I get really activated. I get really activated by bad drivers. I'm like, you're putting everybody on the road at risk. Like, because you don't want to be bothered with using a turn signal? Like, come on. Or being patient? Like, just a modicum amount of patience. It's just, I, I oh, it drives me nuts. I got my wife and children in the vehicle. You know what I mean? On the turn signal thing, the person in front is braking. What other signal do you need to slow down? No, no, that's not true, Eugene. No, no, are you serious? If, if, because they don't slow down initially, they suddenly slow down, right? So what ends up happening is, is you're driving along a road doing 45 to 50 miles an hour. Somebody puts a turn signal on. You now know to change lanes to go around them because they're going to slow down or, um, you're you're going to give distance because you don't have the opportunity to go around them so you're going to actually slow down and create safe stopping distance that's why they that's why the turn signal's important also I'm in a turning lane you don't need a signal there are almost no instances where not using your signal is a good idea informing other drivers of what you intend to do is just safe driving 101 i i don't know why would giving more information to other drivers ever be bad? That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't do it. Like, it's this. Like, your hand is on the wheel and you go click and then people know what you're getting ready to do so they can either adequately increase distance for a safe stop or a, just safe distance in case an accident happens. And then, why are you so close you need the extra signal? It's not that I'm close. If you actually study the science behind cars, adequate stopping distance is a car length for every 10 miles an hour. That's not reasonable in most in most rural or even suburban driving because no, no one's doing that. Like, you can't space out four to five car lengths because you're doing 40 to 50 miles an hour. But you can do that when you know somebody is going to be slowing their car down. You, you know, you're like, oh, they're going to be slowing down. I'm going to slow down as well or prepare for what's about to happen. I'm saying you're likely not driving defensive enough if you need that extra piece of information. I'm not saying I need it, but I'm saying it's just a good way to let somebody know what you're about to do. So again, I can choose to change lanes to go around you because I don't want to slow down. I'm trying to make the light. My understanding is that you're doing the same thing, but when you put the turn signal on, I know, oh, I'm going to go around this person. Or I'm going to slow down so that I don't get too close to them. Like, 
the idea that like you don't have to use your turn signal because you're gonna break and that's all I need that's just such a dichotomous view of like all the things we do while driving all the things you do while driving you're not just like accelerating and decelerating like that's not it like cars only exist in that spectrum you're doing 10,000 things a minute when you're driving you're trying to predict what others are doing. You're monitoring the lanes around you. You might be making sure, you know, you've got room to change lanes if you suddenly decide to. You know you have a left turn coming up and eventually you want to get over and you're waiting for this guy to get out of the way. Like, I don't know. There's so much going on with driving that I don't just need a brake light to understand what's happening. I don't need the info, but I would like it. I think at many levels you do need the info. If you're, if you're wanting to drive as safely as possible, the more information you have, the better. You're changing lanes to make a light. That sounds dangerous. Yeah, I'm changing lanes to make a light because if I maintain the speed limit, I will make the light. If I have to slow down because you're turning left or right, I may not make the light. You're impeding me maintaining my speed. Impeding my speed is completely legitimate, but if I can avoid that impediment, I'm going to. The info isn't needed to drive, but it is needed to drive as safe as you can. You also have to consider that it's for oncoming traffic as well. The oncoming traffic needs to know what you're doing, even if you're making a right or a left turn. They need to know. They need to be aware of what the cars around them are doing. Like... There's a there's a there's a turn that we turn into a parking lot where there is a you turn in and then you can immediately turn right to go into like the Kroger or the McDonald's. And they have to literally put a freaking sign. Please use signal if turning right. The reason they have to do this is is a lot of people have just turned right and their signal goes off and the people that are kind of waiting to pull out of the parking lot to go up to the light, right? They need to know you're turning right so that it's safe for them to come out. And if you don't use your signal, they just sit there and wait, and they're like, oh, now you're turning. Thank you so much. So it helps with the flow of traffic. Then they don't need that information. They could wait just until it's safe, but you give them that information, and then they know it's safe to go, and it helps traffic flow and congestion. Using turn signals is completely... Like, is is it should never be like, well, you don't need it. I'm braking. Like, okay, well, I can't see your brakes. You're oncoming traffic. New world? Question mark? Yeah, we, we already combed over the notes, the patch notes. You can be arrested in most states for reckless driving or not using a signal. SNTR presents Why Your Driving Sucks, The Psychology of a Sociopathic Driver. <laughs> You can't drive an automatic? I don't think he's saying he can't drive like he lacks the ability. I think he's saying he just really, really doesn't like to. Like, oh, I can't watch that show. Oh, I can't drive an automatic. You know what I mean? The changes are not as bad as previously advertised, so it should be fine to bump up uh, WM doing uh, watermark largely the same way you've been doing it. I think the outlined expertise in the New World Endgame update that we read through, I think it's going to help New World gameplay quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't be arrested for failure to signal. You can be ticketed for failure to signal. I got pulled over for it once. 
I didn't get a ticket, but he gave me a warning. You can. You can be ticketed for failure to signal. I'm fairly certain. Isn't it considered a moving violation? You moved your car without intent, without alerting people to what you were doing? I'm pretty sure it's a moving violation. I could be wrong. It's been a long time since I've been pulled over. I think it's considered a moving violation because you move the car without telling people what you're doing. Like, the, the car is changing lanes or turning. Failure to signal is an illegal change of lanes, and if you cause an accident, you most definitely be arrested. They don't arrest people for causing accidents. They can, but they don't arrest you for causing an accident. I've never seen anybody in cuffs for causing an accident unless they were impaired or reckless or road raging or something. You make a mistake, you change lanes and cause an accident. They don't arrest you for that. I don't think I've ever seen that. Today I have learned I would let Lono drive my car to the vet, but not Eugene. (laughs) Drive my cat to the vet. Sorry, my cat, but not Eugene. (laughs) I signal? Yeah, Eugene probably signals because, again, he's intelligent enough to know that it's smart and safe he's just saying i don't need to if i'm in a turn lane and slowing down well sure i get that you go up to a a, a light and you get into the turn lane and you're slowing down then sure people know what you're doing because they're probably doing the same thing and the rhythm of traffic in an area is more predictable they know oh yeah this was happening but you're on a road you know a two-lane road or you're on the highway signals are incredibly important People zipping in. The, the reason this conversation started is I mentioned people zipping in and out of traffic on the highway and not signaling. And I'm like, that's a lack of self awareness. You don't realize how dangerous you are when you're doing that. You clip one person, you're talking about a 10 to 15 car pileup if it's congested, even remotely congested. And you clip somebody, you're, you're injuring and, ca- and causing massive loss for tons of people. They just wrecked cars and insurance and their day is thrown into upheaval somebody has to go to the hospital like because you couldn't be bothered to signal on the highway that's what I was saying like I get activated by that I get very aggravated because I'm driving with my family and I feel like my goodness you make one wrong judgment here or somebody mis- misreads your freaking car movement and then we're all in an accident Here's my quirk. In residential zones, I drive no faster than 25 miles an hour. On the highway, I drive no less than 25 over. Uh, I want to go fast, but I ain't killing no dogs. <laughs> I definitely get a little bit nervous driving through neighborhoods when there's cars parked on the side. Is like I don't like street parkers because I can't see. Like There could be a kid or a dog or a squirrel or something that just comes darting out. I hate street parkers. Use your freaking driveway especially in our neighborhood. We have a beautiful neighborhood and I get so annoyed by the street parkers. It's like, I get it in the morning. You don't want to have a problem with, hey, we got a coffee order. Two Frickmases to a coup de papa. There we go. We got a coffee order for the day. Madam will feed me dinner. 
Eugene's skill at stirring the pot is amazing. Yeah, he he <laughs> he got me. He got me. I I I I had a feeling he was he was he was just giving us something to debate because the new world conversation was definitely slowing down. Don't kill any dogs or cats. Actually, no animal uh, animals. Killing kids or humans is fine, though. Well, I think generally he made this statement because it's far more likely that an animal runs into the street than a person. <laughs> I don't think he was saying, heaven forbid I hit a dog. I mean, I'm knocking toddlers off the road every other day, but man, if I were to hit a dog, I couldn't live with myself. I think he was saying, like, generally in residential areas, it's the animals that are more prone to running out into the street. And children, it's just, it's, it's common, sure, but not nearly as common as animals. That's why I don't like street parkers, because we live in a neighborhood with children and dogs and lots of squirrels, and the last thing I want to do is smear something on the pavement, because I couldn't friggin' see, like, you know what I mean? I don't like it. Whenever I get near cars, I slow down, because I'm like, somebody could, somebody could be there, and I don't know that they're there. Oh, you're saying you could care less. Oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I clipped a coyote the other day does that count as a dog should I be devastated ah, I don't know coyotes are kind of mangy but it's still an animal I was watching from the start of the stream and I was getting so annoyed that you weren't reading the updated dev blog Oh, I got to the update. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Troy. I didn't realize they had made those big significant changes at the bottom. Now, my opening, my opening like four to five minute segment that I did, thankfully, I didn't go into details because I didn't realize they had walked so much of it back within like the last 24 hours. I was like, oh, frick. (laughs) The New World dev blog, you know, talking about the New World endgame update, I was just like, my gosh, like they walked so many of this stuff back already. (laughs) Coyotes like to scream. They're annoying. We don't. We don't really have coyotes around here. I've been told they could come around. We saw a fox when we first moved into our neighborhood. I was behind. I'm live now. Oh, there you go. There you go. It's it's confusing. Solono shall be pardoned. It is a little confusing for them. Why wouldn't you update the original blog? Like you know what I'm saying? Like can we can we for a second here again? talk about effectively using your communication funnels new world like why wouldn't you update the original blog up here why wouldn't you say um you like outline this this system with the expertise and then bracket update on 12 6 2021 and pull from the comment below so that i read this i'm like the frick i'm like oh they updated it right I, again, I, I think the clarity of information is is just is, is is lacking in a few different ways. Like this body of text should be updated. How many people are going to read this and get irritated and not keep scrolling? Because we've seen this question. Okay, I better keep scrolling. Oh, here's a frequently asked questions. Okay, I better keep scrolling. Uh, okay, thank you for your participation in the feedback. Okay, I better keep scrolling. Oh, here's all the updates. Like, bake it into the original. Redact the original and add new. Yeah, update it. Update this body of text. It's fine to put it down below just so you have a thread of like the progress and the thought, but you could very easily come here and say, 
edit bracket added on 12621 in light of feedback here are things we're doing about the the, the the gear score differential between your expertise score like i don't know it, it just seems like why would i why would you you now have information here this information is bad this is bad information so you know people people that don't go down far enough or people that are impatient or maybe they read it and they just leave and they're like that's stupid and they just leave they should update the screenshot blunder as well thank you for the 1000 yen Takashi yeah yeah the screenshots wrong <laughs> guys we're talking about a small indie company they're still figuring out how to write blog posts stop being so mean to them I'm just trying to provide feedback like you should want clarity and I'm saying this isn't the best way I don't think you know hey mister you know Zen Ramu we appreciate your ability to engage and make things clear and type and receive feedback here's some more feedback this is a five day old post that is now dead this post is worthless unless you scroll all the way down into the replies here he is again or that or here they are again i don't know they are down here with the you know a lengthy update and this update's great it's the implementation of feedback but like i just don't understand why would you not update the original thing this is five days old it's in five days it's already been made inaccurate so why should it be the forefront why should it be the first thing people see now if it's the first thing i see with a big giant update flagged underneath them and like oh they've updated oh oh they listen okay they're not doing that oh they've already made changes well that's really good to see you see what i mean and then and then for sure for sure this needs to be put into a more palatable form of a news announcement you got to do so much more than what they're doing. You got to be so much better with this information. All of this should be put into a much more. I, oh, I hate to reference them, but Bungie does a good job with this. In their TWAB, they put like, here is the things that are coming. If you want a more in depth breakdown, click here. So they give you like the too long, didn't read buckshot. Okay. And then they would also take that news snippet and put it in the game. They've never done that, but I think that they should. I think Bungie should have like a news page in their game that contains the weekly TWAB. So, I don't know. That's just more feedback for New World's communication funnels. I just think their communication funnels are, um, they're not as effective and as polished as they could be. If you're going to consistently be doing these sorts of updates and these sorts of dev blogs, then I think you need to be you need to be editing the original post so that when somebody finds it later, they don't make the mistake that I made. And you're also needing to make it more palatable in a news announcement. So every week we should be getting like a, here's your weekly state of the game. If you want a deep dive, here's a link to the dev blog by Zin Ramu, who broke down what we're doing with the end game update 1.2 patch. Here's the buckshot bullet points, you know, and then you put that in the game. So then you're, you're, you're hitting everybody. You're hitting everybody with how they receive information. I recommend an update to New World Post. 10 out of 10. (laughs) Uh, I'm glad to see that joke has made a return. 
Um, if you're just tuning in, we're, we, we, we've combed over the New World Endgame update. Uh, they will be updating New World gameplay with respect to the Endgame sometime in December. Uh, and doing a complete overhaul of the New World High Watermark system will be switched over to an Expertise system. They have since already received feedback from the community in the span of just four days and, and adjusted some of the changes, which I think should be applauded. New World this week. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think you could do this week in New World and just call it the weekly twin. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Amazon. This guy's great at providing feedback. Why was he banned? <laughs> Purple platform sweats profusely. <laughs> I'm covering the ban this week and I, I've. I am, uh, I'm a little bit more fiery. I'm a little bit more fiery this week because I'm not talking about a person. I'm talking about a, uh, talking about an organization that, yeah, you're going to want to see this week's episode of the Say No to Rage story. It's a little bit more, uh, it's a little bit more fiery than the previous episodes. Don't forget in about an hour, we have a premiere over on SNTR presents, um, and we are going to start, you know, sort of interacting with things that I hear and see that I think are valuable or good. Uh, recently, I thought Trevor Noah had good thoughts on cancel culture. And today, uh, I don't consume the man's content. I, I don't agree with him on, on a variety of issues. But uh, Ben Shapiro sat down with uh, Russell Brand and he said and gave reasons why he deleted Twitter off of his phone. And that's the video today. So hopefully you guys enjoy that over there today. Um we need to roll that back though. Why do we bump that to three? I'm gonna bump that to three instead of three thirty. What was there a reason you did that, uh, creature? Did you think something was gonna be happening this afternoon? We normally don't do that. I'm not. I'm not sure. It might. It might have just been. I don't know. It might have been a mistake. But we. we yeah. We almost always go at three. Um, you did tell me too in Discord that you did it at three thirty, and I. I just didn't even think about why. Um. There we go. So now it should say 61 minutes there. Okay, perfect. All right. Mm. By the way, uh, Lono, caught up on the SNTR story in the AMA. Just let me say your wife. She's amazing. Behind every, every halfway decent stream is a strong woman. That's the phrase, right? Pretty close to it. Yeah. We're thinking through because I actually... I thought she did an amazing job. I mean, I know my wife is smart. I've told you that she's very bright. I said, you know, these these women don't hold a candle to her. Like, she could run a country. They couldn't run a freaking 7-Eleven. Um, and we're thinking through, like, could we do... Um, um, oh, 3.30, so if you wanted to move it. Oh, 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 like bump it. Oh, now I understand. Okay, th- that, makes, that actually makes sense, creature. Um... But man, I was like, wow, we, we really had like a good flow and a good vibe. I mean, we used to stream together. I mean, we we, we played Borderlands and, and other games together and stuff. Um, yeah, and sure, her voice actually comes through and sounds really good on a microphone. I had never really thought about it. And then I went and listened to it back and I was like, yeah, she does have a really good voice for podcasts. So we're thinking through, is that something we could incorporate? You know, a weekly segment where Madam is there. Um Hey, running a 7-Eleven isn't easy. I didn't say it was easy. I'm saying they wouldn't be able to. 
I didn't say it was easy. I said comparatively, she could run a country, they couldn't run a 7-Eleven. Like, that's how far down the ladder they are as people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not... That that was not meant to be a slam on running a 7-Eleven. Like, running a store would be a challenge. And they're not equipped to do it, because they're children. <laughs> Honestly, a shame to get spoiled with Madam's lovely voice and come back to Lono's. <laughs> uh, we're we're thinking through though. Um, we're thinking through. Could we incorporate something where she's there? We're even thinking through. Could we do like like daily a daily show over there that's about an hour long? I would like to do that. Here's why. We just put this on full display a moment ago. Eugene says something silly about turn signals and off we go and have a nice little 20 minute spat little 20 minute debate um, you know yesterday we had a great debate about the communication from new world and I was like the new world updates need to be done in a different way and I, I took issue with the new world server merges and why it took so long and how that's impacting new world gameplay because servers are dying, right? We had a great debate. Well, that debate is always sparked and spurred on by a couple people saying something. Right? Seems like the latest tweet uh, really ruffled some feathers. I don't give a frick. They can, their feathers can get ruffled. I don't care. What about one of those real-time avatar things? Oh, turn her into a VTuber? I think it would work better with her off... Uh, off stream off cam right I do I, I, I think you know I think it would I think it would look look better that way I don't think it works um, you know what I mean because if you if you do a vtuber I, I don't think that I don't think that they would uh, hang on a second Mm. Okay. Mm. L plus ratio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You might want to look at the original tweet. Um, face for radio. No, I mean my wife's beautiful. She doesn't want to be on stream because of people had you know people attacked us, so she doesn't want to be recognizable in public. And so I think a VTuber would make it really like it would make it goofy. Her being off cam just makes more sense. She's just a, you know, just a good voice. Can we have a madam do an hour long discussion where she just rips on you in chat? This would be on YouTube. Yeah, we would do it on YouTube for sure, for sure. We have considered using her purple channel cuz she we could literally just have her go live and it could just be like a slideshow of the kids drawings or something. Um, and just have music playing and then enough people would go and watch and support it, she'd get affiliate and then you know, people could throw their prime subs at it, you know what I mean Um, doesn't want to be on stream because people are terrible, makes sense, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. so we're thinking through that, like I think it could be fun to have like a weekly you know, you know, madam segment or something where maybe we talk about maybe weekly we try to have a topic that's a little bit more personal or maybe a little bit more lighthearted, and then she can be a part of it like you know, maybe we do like a weekly parenting segment where we just talk about like 
why we do why we homeschool or why you know I talked about limiting screen time and we could talk about um, you know how we're approaching discipline right now because we have two very different children and we're supposed to help guide them through the world and you know help them with being self-controlled and kind and not awful <laughs> and part of the way that you get them to be that way is you got to discipline you got to say listen you, you have to go to your room or be in a timeout or I have to take these books away you, you're gonna lose a privilege or whatever um, so uh, can someone give me the Dark Souls hacks to beat the Nameless King this dude's uh, pushing 25 deaths can't even get him below half health I think I think Zubair's got a guide on that. Um, I think Zubair could could give you. I think he know, I think he knows. I think he was researching it. He was researching how to beat the Nameless King. He he can chime in here. I feel like I'm uh, in good with Madam. I'm that one friend that the troublemaking friend gets compared to. Like, why doesn't your friend Eugene act more like Zubair? Zubair uses turn signals. (laughs) Uh. What do you think talking about education and what's the difference between homeschooling and normal school? Right. Like, I don't know how many videos we could get out of that, but there could definitely be, there could definitely be a, you know, there could, there could be like a weekly segment where we, where we address that and where we, 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 we speak through personal decisions that we've made or, or things that we like, you know? Um, I don't know. Because I think people like hearing her input on stuff. And I think that'd be like a cool... That could maybe be a cool result. That could maybe be like a cool result um, that comes from all of this is that we end up, you know, we end up with like a segment that like Madam, Madam does with me. Um, and... You know, instead of it being like, well, you know, every time she comes on, she has to talk about the freaking stupid situation, you know, the Sando to Rage story. I'm just going to keep lobbying for my own segment with absolutely no shame. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how we would do that as well, uh, Rad. I've got a couple of books that might touch on that. Um, like a debate. I've got it like a debate. I've got like a debate between. Um, Hitchens and a guy named Wilson, and they they entertain the question: uh, Is Christianity, you know, good for the world? You could zoom out on that a bit more and talk about how, like, or, or is 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 religious practice good or bad for the world? And like, you could bring your perspective, which would be very different than mine. I've also thought about the mental health angle. That's tough because I'm. I am educated, but I'm not certified. You're educated, and I, and I think also certified. And so how would we couch that? What topics would we address? I don't know. That one's still rolling around in my brain. Can we get a segment where Madam tells how she really prepares the steaks that Lono claims that he preps? <laughs> yes, she puts it in the oven. That She does that part. Yes, that's right. I, I do everything else. But yeah, she puts it in the oven and it's in there for, you know, what, 45 minutes. <laughs> mm. Do you? I've gotten this question before, Deadly Dad Gaming, and we would obviously entertain this question if we talked about it. Uh, do you worry your kids are missing out on an integral part of socialization with peers their age by not going to a regular school? No, because I think most of the socialization that happens in school is generally pretty awful um, and terrible, and they get plenty of socialization in their peer groups because of intentional things that we do, whether it's joining a soccer team, going on hikes with, with, with other friends, 
there's also co-ops and things you can do where they are around children their age uh, and learning to cooperate and work on things together and explore, you know, and go on hikes or go to the zoo or story time at the library. Um, I think often people think of homeschool and they think of like, you're like some weirdo shut-in family and you want to shelter your kids and they don't ever get to go interact with anybody else. I think they probably develop better social skills than kids in public school a lot of the times because the public school environments can either be incredibly good or also just incredibly toxic. There can be awful cultures and bullying and and general nastiness. There's also things they could hear about or learn about that they don't have a category or a framework for because some kid comes from a rough home and he's been exposed to stuff that he shouldn't be exposed to at his age and he exposes your kids to it. Like, I don't know if the socialization in public school is all that everybody thinks it's cracked up to be. I'd flip the question around and be like, do you think your kid's learning good social schools in most of the public schools that are out there? I'm genuinely curious if we think that that's resulted in good social skills. If we look at the the millennial trends and the and the the entitlement and the and the the insanity across higher learning campuses in America, do we really think that the public education system's done a good job socializing that generation? I don't know if they have. I think it's just too much of a generalization to say all interaction in schools is bad. There's plenty of positive interactions. I don't know if I said all interaction. I said I think I said most of the socialization in school is bad. It's just they're sitting there and not doing anything for long periods of time. Number one. Number two, the socialization that they're allowed is incredibly limited, and usually in environments where they can be picked on or they can hear things they don't that you don't want them to hear because they're too young yet. Again, I just I don't know. You're rolling a dice, and I think the dice lands on snake eyes more often than it does on a, on a winning number in those environments. They're very un- they can be very uncontrolled and unregulated. It's just a bunch of kids hanging out. So I'm not saying all of the interactions they learn are bad. I think some of the kids that flourish the most in the public school systems are in the clubs and they're in the sports. Why? That's where they learn the good socialization skills. It's not that being in public school does it. It's the it's the like think about the people who excelled and did the best and turned out to be the most successful in the, in the real world. It's the kids that were in the after school programs, the clubs, uh, the sports programs, not the kids that just attended. Like just attending doesn't automatically give you good like socialization environments and experiences. It's generally it's generally pretty awful in a lot of places, you know. Well, with homeschooling, do you not limit your kids when you're not a good teacher? Oh, for, well, and see, that's what, yeah, that's a whole other angle. That's a whole other angle of it is if you're not a good teacher, there's excellent resources to help you. There's lots of online stuff and courses to supplement and help. Um, there are definitely ways for a weak teacher to lean on the resources, but there's also, I think, a lot of in I don't know I, I don't th- <laughs> I don't want to bash but how many of how many excellent teachers do you think there are in the public school system per student how many and the most excellent teacher you can find is probably also in a student to teacher ratio that may not benefit your kid all that much so again I, I even a week even a weak homeschool teacher may be better for your kid because they're getting more intentional one-on-one time than an amazing teacher and they're in a sea of 50 kids we pulled my four-year-old out of one school because they were giving her homework at four years old. She's now in a school that focuses more on social skills and group interactions. For that age demographic, yes, that's far more important. For sure. 
once they get to five and six you got to start to give them things daily tasks and ways to stretch them like reading reading aloud and things of that nature but yeah four they don't need homework they need to learn how to share blocks and and color in the lines and recite the alphabet you know <laughs> and basic words and maybe maybe some basic word recognition maybe maybe if they're advanced five years old then you get into uh you know some basic math and word recognition and you know counting <clears throat> in my district like 70 percent of them we have two ca teacher of the years currently employed right and that's great for you and where you are but in general across the united states of america abe you know good teacher good to excellent teacher ratios per student is a is not good it isn't again you're rolling the dice if you if you investigate it and you look into it and you're like man this public school system's excellent look at look at the GPAs look at the programs look at the teachers look at the classrooms and you're like this is excellent that's great that's good again i think a lot of the times you're rolling the dice and especially they may have a great teacher for fourth grade and then they get to fifth grade and they get some guy phoning it in like you know you just don't know I'm not trying to have a sweeping brush and acting like all these teachers are bad I said ratio the ratio of good to excellent teachers to students that the teacher to student ratio is what I'm talking about I, I, I think that, that you're you're very very much at a disadvantage in some cities and some townships you just don't have any good options you know five is kinder six is first grade yeah for for the most part yes it depends on birthday sometimes average teacher pays like 35,000 a year my kids wouldn't touch public schools here yeah when you're paying somebody I I don't know when you're paying somebody that amount of money I just I don't know I think you're going to get what you pay for I don't think the salary I don't know especially when a lot of these places require you to have uh, a post-grad you know, they want you to have a master's degree the frick for 35 grand a year <laughs> no I'm good mm, teachers with PhDs and all sorts though I think for younger children primary homeschooling is fine it depends though it really does because there's just so many resources available you can give your child an excellent education at home and not be a PhD or and not have a master's. My, my wife is intelligent enough and adept enough to use all the resources to, to get our kids to a, to a place where they would test into almost any college that they wanted to. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's no doubt in my mind. Everybody's a little bit different, though. Should you do Montessori? I don't know what that is. Montessori schools is the model that public schools should be striving towards, but unfortunately not all levels of government have the funds. I don't know. I've not heard of that type of schooling before. Statistically, homeschool children have a stronger idea of what they want to study in college, and homeschool programs can be tailored to teach certain skill sets the child's interested in. You'd be surprised how many people with master's degrees make less than 40 k a year. Uh, please read this with cynicism, cynicism and disdain. Right. The difference I would say radical is it's one thing for somebody to get a master's degree and to not be paid w- what what they would hope to be paid because of their debt or whatever. It's another thing for an institutionalized requirement of a master's degree and then you pay them, a gr- you grossly underpay them. That's the issue. My, my, my brother taught here in Louisville and they wanted, they, they, it was like a, a certain amount of time to where he was then going to need to go back and get a master's and it's like I don't understand you're not you're not paying him enough to warrant that 
it's an institutionalized thing. It's like, well, yeah, it's part of the it's part of the public educational institution that you need to go get a master's degree. But you're not going to pay me as if I went and got a master's degree. Do you, that's my issue with it. If you if you if you were let's say you had a job like a management position and you were saying that you wanted people to have a master's degree and you were offering them thirty five thousand dollars a year, you are not going to fill that position very quickly. And whoever you fill it with ain't going to be very good. They're not going to be very good. That's the issue. It's it's part of the structure of it. My son uh, was in a Montessori and we loved it. Great teachers. Uh, great teacher or teachers. Right, right. That's teaching in general. They require you to get a master's after a certain period of time. Not all states and cities do that. Not all states and cities do that. I personally think they should do away with it. You'd get more applicants. And then you'd be able to, and then you'd be able to tailor and pick good people, and then you'd be able to like slowly increase their pay over time because they'd be more invested in the school. Like I, I don't know. That's not the be all end all, but I'm telling you, if you remove that requirement, I think you'd get more applicants and subsequently more opportunity to find really, really good people, really, really good teachers. You're limiting your applicant pool to people that are willing to, I guess, settle. Like I just, I don't know. CA doesn't require that. And not surprising, Abe, you just said you guys have really, really good teaching pools. Like, that's a little bit, some, that's some anecdotal evidence to what I'm putting forward. Like, if if you're not going to require that, you have a larger pool of applicants, which means you can, you can probably find more people that are good. Like, more, uh, uh, I don't know, you're, you're, you're increasing the possibility of finding a good teacher. Structure is the issue. There's a lot of variable in pay, requirements, and setting in the public school systems. My wife is a teacher and had to get her master's. However, we're located in Long Island. I would hope that she's been paying paid accordingly if you're living in Long Island. In the school we were at, it was one teacher to four to six kids. That's a pretty good ratio. That's a pretty good ratio because they have enough time in the day to really rotate and give and give one-on-one attention. The minute you get into double digits, it gets to be a problem. The minute you have one teacher attempting, like ten's not terrible, but as soon as you get to double digits and beyond, it's just so difficult for the for, for anything to be tailored to the kid or any one-on-one attention, which children need. It's just they so they need it so much. Having educated citizens citizens is detriment to the current landscape. California also pays really well. In my district, teachers range from 65 to 110. Isn't that crazy? That when you raise pay and you open up your application pool to a larger pool of people, the result is really good teachers. Like, come on. That that seems like a total slam dunk to me. Like, the frick are we doing? If Madam had to also work full time, do you think you'd still be able to homeschool? No. No. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. I don't think so. That we, she wouldn't have time for it. There'd be no freaking way. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. No, that's why when that's why like when we went through when we went through like when you're when you're single income, you know when you're when you're single income. You, it's just like my gosh like you you require so you you just need so much to, to to make that system work to like the ecosystem and the the economy of a single income family with two children like it's delicate you got to be you know you got to be careful
Stories unfold in the new cycle, and the new cycle covers that unfolding. If you're okay with the press stopping their coverage of something once the other side comes out, your bias is blatantly showing. Starting teacher salary in UK is 42. Whew, that's not bad. That's not bad for starting. Girlfriend and I are having this dis- discussions now. We're leaning toward no kids, just not worth it. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a challenge, but I don't know if you could say. Well, everybody's different. I don't know if I would say that. As challenging and as scary and as awful as it can be to be like these people depend on me. Oh my gosh! Like, what if we mess something up? Like, you know, what if this happens? What if that happens? You know, I definitely think it's still worth it. <laughs> but everybody's different. You know, everybody's different. Every decision has its own you know, challenges and, uh, and frustrations, you know? Um. World's a, world's a scary place. In Florida, the average is 17 to 20 students per teacher. The median pay is 36,000. It's horrible. Oh, golly. In Florida? Emeny Christmas. The median is 36? My word. Kids are mating amazing, but it's different for everyone. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, I've been pretty open and honest about this. Like, I don't want any more children. You know, Demins has a pretty big family. Four? Four kids, right? I grew up in a family of four kids. I don't want any more. I'm right where I I know I can kind of like, okay, this is good. Now, I would obviously adapt and manage it, you know, if we ever had one of the surprises that can happen. But, um, I don't know. I like man-to-man defense. I like uh, just the rhythm of life that we have right now, and I think you know, on a baby would be, be would be beautiful and awesome, but very disruptive to a lot of what we're doing right now. Um, and so I'm like, no, I'm good with two. I'm good with two. So you know, and that's a personal decision. Some people are absolutely like, have as many as you can. Four for me, that's enough. Yeah, there are people that are like have as many as you can. I know people with five, you know, five and six kids. And I'm like, no, thank you. There's pros and cons to that. You know what I'm saying? They they learn things faster at a young age because they're around older kids. The older kids can learn responsibility and 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 like paternal and maternal instincts. You know, and that that's very very good. But then they also get less one on one time. They get less attention. They get less focus. So like you're trading good for bad a lot of times when you increase your family size. So like you you know there is no perfect system. There's no perfect family unit. You just you do the best that you can and in every single situation it's like well you know there there could there could be there could be some dangers and challenges here like less one-on-one time you know 
and then you have to meet that challenge. Which me and the wife could just have one. That's rough. That's that's really, really rough. That's why I always try and tell people, never tease your friends or relatives about when are you gonna have one? When are you gonna have one? Don't ever do that. They they could be in the throes of trying and they could have they could have literally just had devastating news, you know, or or maybe not devastating news. They could have, you know, literally just you know, took a test the day before and, and cried about it. And then you're pestering them about when are you going to have kids? I just don't do that. Do not. We got to remove that from the cultural norm. You should not tease or ask people about that. It is very, very hard for some people to deal with the fact that they just haven't been able to, or maybe they simply cannot. And they don't broadcast that. They're not wearing a bracelet, you know? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Well, we was going through the baby streaming baby stuff. I felt bad for the man. Just what the challenges like of, of having a baby. Mm. My grandmother just passed this week. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. She had nine kids, 13 grandkids and nine great grandkids so far. Man, I know people mean well when they say that. But as you said, it does hurt. Yeah, I mean, you're stabbing a bullet wound and you don't even realize it. You know what I mean? It's like going, it's like when somebody has a sunburn. You're like, hey, how are you? And you give them a pat on the back and they're like, <laughs> like, that's what you're doing in a much deeper and more hurtful way. Like, you're just trying to be friendly. When are you going to have kids? Like, Shut up. Like, it's none of your business. <laughs> Balancing sleep, the baby, and streaming. Well, I mean, I, I am, I've been incredibly blessed from the time that I tried to get into and successfully got into and still continue to do content creation and streaming. Um, have, I have a, I have a wonderful wife that, that runs all that. I mean, she'll say sometimes like, which, you know, we were getting picnic table for outside. Which picnic table should I get? I'm like, that's your jurisdiction. I said, I, that is all on you. Now she likes the affirmation, right? She likes the, yeah, that's the right one. That's just kind of how she's wired. So I've learned to like lean in and that's like a that's like a part of her love language, right? Is to be affirmed in her choice or or encouraged in her choice. You know, taking it on as a team is something that she values. But at the same time, there's just certain things I tell her. I'm like, "Look, you you've got to handle this. I I just I do not have time. You know, this is this has got to fall under your, under your your jurisdiction." In the same way that like you know, planning and maintaining the business and, and, and strategizing and streaming and making videos and all this, that all falls under mine. So my purview, you know, obviously is, you know, the business. And then, you know, last night she got, she went, she went and got to do something with some ladies and I was hanging out with the kiddos and I was like, man, you know, this is, uh, this, this could be tough. You know, my grandfather was one of 22, three sets of twins. Man, something was in the water where they lived. Holy frick. <laughs> 22? Three sets of twins? I would be very careful drinking the water in that town. Man, your wife will drink the water and be like, I think I'm pregnant. Like, <laughs> You'd be like, what? Yeah, you looked at me. I don't know. <laughs> After two sets of twins, I think it's safe to say a third set's pretty likely. Yeah, yeah. Yep. My wife really wanted twins, and I was like, no, no. No, thanks. I, g- give, them, give them to me one at a time, one at a time. I like having two, and I love my children, but one at a time. Um, one at a time, please. Uh, um, oh, golly. 
Um, speaking of kids and babies, like Nick, Nick Cannon's five-month-old, five-month-old son died of a brain tumor. That is just awful. Golly, frick. Keep trying until you get twins. No, no, no. Eight kids later. Aw, shucks. <laughs> we didn't have any. It's funny how Lono can handle a live crowd on stream, but two kids is way too much. Well, no, I, they, yeah, I'm not the, I'm not the clueless dumb, dumb dad from the sitcoms, right? I'm not, I'm not. I, I, I very much am totally fine to take over. I'm, I, I can be like, no, go. You, like, if my wife's like, hey, I gotta run and do this. I'm like, go, it's fine, I got it. Like, my kids are great. They can fight like cats and dogs, but they're great. They have high energy, but they're good kids. They're not cruel, they're kind, and they're smart, and they're fun. They're fun to be around. We were, we were doing Advent last night, and the opening question was, if, if you guys didn't see my tweet, it was, uh, what, can you think of something that lasts a long time? And my son said, old women. <laughs> like, you know, moments like that. It was perfect. It was so funny, you know. I was trying not to laugh. And then I was reading them a story about this guy called Mr. Toomey, and they were like, that sounds like Mr. Tootie. 2D, 2D, and they, you know, they start laughing, and they, uh, they can, <laughs> they, they can't keep it together, and I can't keep it together. Yeah, yeah, he can't ban his kids from speaking like he could ban chat. That's true. That's true. So, you know, I, I've, I haven't, I've not struggled with that. When they were babies, surely it was a little bit more challenging because, like, my son really preferred my wife, and when a baby wants his mama, it's really tough. Like, there's just nothing you can do. Some of that's based on stuff that you have no control over. They like the way their mom smells. They like the way their mom, you know, sounds and feels. And you can't replicate that. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like... It's it's a little bit more challenging when they're an infant. Because an infant can very much have a parental preference that you just... What what are you going to (laughs) do? It's just like... You know what I'm saying? Like, a mom literally gives off like a scent. They can smell their mom. A mom can walk through a room and the baby would be calm and all of a sudden the baby would realize like, wait a minute, I just smelled mom. What's going on? Where is she? And then they're suddenly in distress, right? Moms vibe with sons, daughters with dads. Yeah, very much. That's very much so. We are that cliche family unit. And all from, from the bottom to the top, we are the stereotypical family unit. My daughter and I, we are we are locked in and I'm I'm like I'm always you know looking out for her my my wife and my son that they're a pair they come as a pair and um 100% yeah and we both gen- we both do like if they're having an argument my instinct is to take up for my daughter and her instinct her instinct is to take up for our son you know and and some of it you know recently though I I've uh you know I I, I can be pretty harsh with with my daughter specifically when she's being unkind i i have very short patience for that like right now my son has made it very clear that he does not like to be scared and he doesn't like the dark he's not scared of the dark he just doesn't like it he doesn't want to play a game where you're like sneaking around the house and it's dark with the flashlight he doesn't like it get like uber scared he just has made it very clear he doesn't like it it makes him a little uneasy right 
and if my daughter scares him or runs out of a room and shuts the light out on him, we are very st- we, we we I I basically immediately am like, no, you go to your room right now. It's like I'm not gonna tolerate that. Picking on him, mm-mm, right? So it's like, but if they're having a cat fight, you know, I definitely have that propensity to take up for her. I'm like, well, he he did thus and so. He needs to, you know, he need to back off and settle down, buddy. You need to go to your room. I'm all, and my wife's like, well, you don't see what she does. Like, she's a she's a you know, my daughter's like a clever little instigator. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, I know I don't see it. Sorry, you know, I'm not up here all the time. But uh, we definitely have that propensity. We have uh, we have the one that we we connect with a little bit uh, easier. My daughter preferred... Well, I wouldn't say prefer me. My daughter really liked me even as an infant. Even as a newborn, she really, really liked me. I... We to this day think she might have even recognized my voice because I would talk to her all the time when she was still uh, still in her mama's belly. I would talk to her all the time, and uh, they they put her on the the table to weigh her, and I was talking to her and saying you know and saying things to her, and she had a strong neck uh, from from the time she came out. She could hold her own head up, which always freaked people out. You'd go to hand the baby to them, and they'd be like worried you weren't holding her head. It's like she's she's got it. She lift her shoulder up off of the table and like craned her neck to like look at me. She recognized me. She heard my voice and she knew it was familiar to her and she like tried to look at me. So from moment one, she was, her and I were, her and I had like a connection from the very beginning. Like she's just been placed on the table to be weighed after being pulled out, you know? So it's been, it's been fun. It's been fun, especially now. Now is the time of year when having kids gets like, almost like extra fun I don't know it's like extra it's like extra fun because Christmas is fun as an adult you know but it's it's more fun like it's more fun with kids like putting up lights on my the external of my house I probably I don't know if I'd want to do that if it was just me and my wife I probably would but I don't think I would enjoy it quite as much you know putting the Christmas tree up and the lights and the decoration it's it's more fun now than when it was just me and my wife it is it's you know the house has more mirth and more excitement in it there's more of an energy you know my son knew my voice when he was born i talked to him all the time yeah if you're really diligent to do that they they'll they'll recognize your voice because there was research done on this uh the crying patterns of babies is different regionally because babies learn to cry that they craft the crying around their mom's speech patterns like they literally can hear their mom talking all the time and the the speech patterns of the mother influences the crying patterns so regional regionally babies cry differently because we speak differently in different regions of the world i thought that was so interesting i remember when i read that i was like i'm gonna be talking to her all the time she's gonna know me when she comes out right (laughs) did the same thing with my son he didn't like me until he was close to one years old. He wasn't, he wasn't too fond of me. We had fun and we got along, but he wanted his mama. He didn't, he didn't, want, he didn't want much to do with me. <laughs> so. Holidays with the kids totally changed my attitudes toward holidays when it was just me and my wife. Holidays just seemed to have this magic about them. Yeah, it's different. It's different. Well, when you when it's just you and your spouse, it can be a bit of a headache. It's like you're trying to think of a gift for them. You're trying to figure out which family you're going to go see. There's family members that you don't really want to see. Like, I don't know. It's just a bunch of stress, you know? It's just a bunch of stress. 
It's like, nah, I don't want to do any of this, you know? So it's, it's tough because yeah, it's the, the, in, in, in general, in general, I think that, um, the, the, in, in general, in general, I think that the, the, the strain of like holidays can make them really unenjoyable. They're supposed to be, you know, fun, relaxing and all that. You know what I mean? Are you going to see family this Christmas? We're navigating that. We're thinking through like what that's going to look like. So final verdict on the new world updates. Will these changes make you want to push to level 60 and start playing more or less? It certainly gives me confidence that getting to 60 will be enjoyable once I get there because I'll admit Deadly Dad Gaming that the new world end game content loop didn't look that enjoyable to me. As people described it to me, I was like, I don't really care to hit 60 that fast. None of that sounds like fun to me, you know. Now this thing that they outlined, the the new world endgame update, it sounds good. It sounds good. It sounds like, hey, you know, this this is a this is a this is a this is a refined loop. Cuz part of me stalled out on the slowness of the leveling, but not just the slowness of the leveling. It was like once I get to 60, you know, that's not something that I really want to, you know, deal with. The frustrations that everybody was dealing with. You're still 49. I'm 58. A 
GPT. She said not to buy her a gift. Buy her a gift anyway. She's most likely going to get you something. If she doesn't, then she owes you. Yeah, my wife was saying that today, a couple of weeks ago. She was like, let's not get each other anything, and then we'll do thus and so or this or that. And I was like, wait, but you've said this before, then you get me stuff anyway. (laughs) So I spend... I spend the year, you know, or the months leading up to her birthday, Valentine's Day, anniversary, and Christmas, snapshotting on my phone. Like, if I see something, if I see something that I think is a good gift for her, I take a picture with my phone so that I have it, right? Like, I'm like, okay, this is, this this might be a good gift for her. <clears throat> Is there a game uh, you're looking forward to? You know, I'm actually looking forward to the Halo campaign tomorrow just because I want to experience it myself. Um, You know. I'm trying to think what else is coming. I actually think Elden Ring is like the big game I'm looking forward to. After my time in the From Software games and covering From Software games, I'm really looking forward to Elden Ring. I hope that we can cover Lost Ark to support. I, you know, I worry that that game, you know, because it's that top-down feel, I don't know. The, the beta lost Steam pretty quickly, but betas typically do, so that didn't surprise us. We actually rode the Lost Ark beta for a while before the wheels came off. Um, so... Yeah. So yeah, I, I Lost Ark's looking good. Elden Ring, Horizon Forbidden West. Um, the biggest game I'm probably looking forward to is Elden Ring. I want to see if we can really, if we can really have a go at like From Software, like a From Software title. You know what I mean? I did consider how this uh, place would be a great hangout to avoid D2 spoilers, but now I got to worry about Halo spoilers, right? Elden and Ashes of Creation. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about Ashes of Creation. I have. I did. All right, I've. Se- I mean, I'm, I have. I've seen. I've seen those things. I'm like, okay, okay. This looks like you know, maybe, maybe. Does anyone know anything about searching for houses? All the sites locked to a specific city. Oh, are the sites locked to a specific city? Realtor trying to search large area. Uh, the first time felt like a noob. No, they're not locked to a specific area. The, I think the most common app that people use which was, is probably Zillow, right? I think most people use Zillow. Have you seen the new Horizon footage? I know I'm going to play and enjoy the game, and when I reach that level of a conclusion, I, uh, I typically, uh, I typically um, don't watch any more after that. Uh Server merge from Marty and Bridia. Due to the current outages we are experiencing, as noted above, we will be moving the server merge from 7 a.m. Pacific to 9 a.m. Pacific to ensure that these issues do not impact the merge between Marty and Bridia. Get a realtor. Well, yeah, you, yeah, no, no, you, you, yeah, I, I would say. Oh, Zillow's collapsing? Oh, that's right. Zillow is having problems. You definitely want to get a realtor. So what we did is we got pre-approved through Chase, and then Chase had a program where they um, they would uh, they would 
they would refer us to a, a, a real estate agent, and if we used them, they would give us a kickback, and they did. And we ended up really, really liking her. So, yeah, if you do a pre-approval process with your bank, sometimes they'll just refer you to a realtor, and that realtor will, will do work will work for you. They, they'll be like, how much, how much are you looking to spend? What are you looking for? Is there a part of town you're particularly fond of? And then they'll find, that's what, that's what this realtor did for us. Always get pre-approved before talking to a realtor as well. Okay, nice kickbacks. Just trying to look anywhere around middle-ish westernish alabama yeah i mean if you if you're not there so if you're moving to that area of alabama and you don't live there like you can't go check the houses yourself i mean obviously they could like correspond with you via email or phone because that's what chase did we got pre-approved through chase and then chase said hey we will send a realtor to the house at the t- at a time that's convenient for you so you can do a walkthrough and if you end up using that realtor we'll give you a kickback so we got like a $500 kickback for using their the realtor that they sent she was wonderful she was really great i told my wife after we met her i was like i i, I trust her i think she can do good a good job for us and she did she literally found us like the perfect house wonder if the server merge would have any issues it is a little concerning that they've had to do um
Is the Halo Infinite campaign going to be on Game Pass also? Yes, Halo Infinite campaign is on Game Pass. Multiplayer is free. Multiplayer is just free. Just a free-to-play game to download. You don't have to do anything. You can download it in Steam, and you can download it on your Xbox. The campaign is something that you either pay for, or you have to have Game Pass. So... All right, see you, Salty. In about ten minutes, we will be uh, we'll be heading over to um my other channel. I've got a video about, and again, we're going to be covering all sorts of different people and all sorts of different topics, um, and. Today, uh, Ben Shapiro had done an interview with Russell Brand, and he explained why he removed, he deleted Twitter from his phone. I thought it was pretty insightful. I do not consume uh, Ben Shapiro's content, and certainly don't agree with him on everything. I don't know if there's a single person alive that I agree with on everything, so kind of goes without saying that you don't agree with somebody on everything. But I know there's stigmas about some of these guys that, that do public commentary. Um, I don't agree with Russell Brand on everything, but I appreciate his content and some of his conversations. So that's today's video. Um, it's probably, uh, it might be, it might be worth, hang on, let me check on something. Uh, mm, mm, mm. We covered uh, a wide variety of content both last week and this week. And so the double talk show has been going well. I think it's pretty clear that the, that the new world interest has slowed down a bit. Um, and we're just going to have to think through, um, you know, we're just going to have to, we're just going to have to think through, like, do we want to, uh, when's the right time to like jump back into new world and cover it and, and, and talk about the gameplay? Like this patch might really help. But we also want to make sure we don't completely abandon it just because, you know, things have kind of slowed down. Um, you know. So. Not gonna, not gonna dignify the guy with a response. <laughs> uh, my favorite thing, my favorite thing about the people who have attacked me is they think viewership's everything. Like, they are, they're clearly, they think in the demographic of like the purple platform. So they think because I have, you know, I only have so many viewers or now or whatever. Like we're averaging now between like three to five hundred uh, concurrence on this channel which is incredible for uh, for YouTube for a channel this size. And so I always like when people think that they can like throw viewership in your face because again, I think they think everything works like the purple platform. Like our growth like our growth patterns over here and our growth patterns on all of our channels. It's like you understand that in the 5 years that I was on purple, what we what we've been doing for the last like 3 months over here on gaming is way more and and much faster growth patterns than I ever had on purple. 
So, you know, it took me five years to build that over there. Over here, it'll probably take me two, you know, maybe three. <laughs> we we got into six figures once. We, the only thing I can't do it again. <laughs> I have my own coffee. I got three flavors. Like, what do you... I don't know. I always think that that's entertaining to me. That, like, they kind of have, like, this ignorant outlook. They're like, well, you're not pulling the same views. So, yeah, we really got you or whatever. It's like, okay. There are people that don't even realize I'm still streaming. They think that, like, I started the Say No to Rage story because they're like, well, his channel is dying or whatever. And it's like, that's not even the main hub anymore. What are you doing? <laughs> and you're still pouring more viewership than most of your detractors? Yeah, I mean, I'm pulling more viewership than the than the people who lied about me. Like, maybe you should go watch them. They clearly need it. They stream on purple. Like, you only really make money if you're live streaming over there. <laughs> I don't know. I almost responded and talked about how, you know, we're already working our way back to where we were in 2019, but I just, I don't, I don't bother. I don't bother. I put their, I put them on display and they got angry. It's like, you're the last bastion of people that believe and hold on to these lies. Like (laughs) you're, uh, you're, you're, you're clearly, you're clearly a great representation of the people that, that still hold on to this nonsense. <clears throat> when you wake up in the morning do you turn off your sony alarm first <laughs> or do you take off your sony blanket first <laughs> that's pretty good that's good callback that's good callback uh, no one told you that your say no to rage story is your sad attempt at a comeback I know they're like oh it's it's a sad attempt at a comeback I'm like okay <laughs> Okay. There was a time where there was a time where we were streaming Destiny and um we were we were well back where I we wanted to be. And um there were people that thought like, "Oh, he's trying to weasel his way back in." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "I'm pulling more daily viewership than like 90% of the of the of the purple platform's Destiny directory." Like, what do you mean? There's like two people maybe pulling more daily views than me. That's why that's one of the reasons I think they banned me. I think they were trying to funnel some of the viewership back to purple. It's like, we started streaming Destiny over here, and the purple directory went like this. Like, there was a very large chunk of people, I don't know, 10 to 15,000 views a day that we were we were, we were were pulling on our streams of Destiny. It was just like... <laughs> and they were like, he's, he's, tr- he's trying to weasel his way back in. I'm like, what do you mean weasel my way back in? I'm over here on YouTube doing just fine. <laughs> it's like, they didn't know. They were like... The world, the world to them is so small. It's like it exists in Twitter and purple. That's all they see. It's like the one of the largest websites in the world, <laughs> and we're punching above our weight class. And you're like, "Well, you only have so many viewers." I'm like, "Okay, bro." Uh, if you, if I, uh, I'll have a shirt that says, "If you can ever over there, that would be great." I've never seen that shirt. That's pretty good. Wait, this is a comeback? Yeah, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> oh. I I mean, I guess my message to my haters would be, and my detractors, is like, just watch next year. Alright? Just watch next year. <laughs> we're doing we're doing very well on a platform that's not even built for live streaming. Just wait till they start to really invest in the live streaming elements over here. Just 
keep your eyes on the horizon because that's where I'll be while you're eating dust. Didn't you realize that people are leaving YouTube to go to purple? Yeah, no, it's the, it's the other way around, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I'm amazed those people can still keep track of you. Like, what's wrong with them? I Some of them I know watch me every day. I know they watch me every day. It's like, what, what on earth? There are so many people that I have decided I don't like, and I don't watch a, a, a second of their content. <laughs> I don't watch a second of their content. I'm not like, let me go see what this guy's doing. Uh, sorry, I'm too busy working and making money to do that. I don't. I don't think. <laughs> I don't have time for that. Who has time for that? It's like I'm working. I don't know, 80 hours a week. I got a family. I got things to do. You know, got to get my daily dose of, of haterade in. You know, got to make sure and watch these guys that I don't like. <laughs> what in the frick? How do you have time for that? <laughs> How? What kind of a life are you living? It's got to be a pretty pathetic one. There's so much content to consume. Go, watch somebody you enjoy. I don't know. It's just weird. 10 out of 10 would buy that shirt. It's not a bad shirt. I wouldn't wear it. I certainly wouldn't wear it because my kids would want to know what it means. <laughs> but it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Oh, man high school drama it really is like arrested development it's like they haven't developed beyond the maturity and the intelligence of like a 16 year old you know what i mean like they they're just stuck they're stuck and 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 that's why they just they that's why they indulge in the most like neanderthalic behavior they're a stunted person and like they lack the self-awareness to even know that they're a stunted person like your your intelligence your your intellect your maturity probably your interpersonal relationships are they're probably non-existent at best because you're just a stunted person you you didn't get past the age of like a 15 year old that like laughs at somebody who like falls down and breaks their arm like that's that's like your daily dopamine hit I guess I just don't know I don't know and I know they take it personal because when with, recently a couple of them have ramped up and started attacking again and making accounts and coming in here and messing. Why? Because we've been having stellar weeks and stellar growth. It's like it makes them mad. It genuinely makes them mad. They're like, oh my gosh. You know. He's doing fine. <laughs> he's doing well. <laughs> Can't have that. Not on my watch. <laughs> And it makes them angry. It's like, man, I don't think I've ever wasted a single ounce of anger on on the success of another person. But I guess it's because I'm not an insecure child who's like threatened by other people being doing well or being well. (laughs) I don't know. I came from New World, not gossip. Respectfully, well, it's it's uh, it's my channel. Respectfully, you're at the tail end of a three-hour stream, my friend. We are literally winding down in the next sixty seconds. Respectfully. The first hour we covered everything you might be looking for. It's kind of tough to jump into a new world stream and I can't spend three hours combing over the patch notes, my friend. I do my best to cover new world and give you everything you might need, but I can't I can't read patch notes for three hours. We, we've been streaming for two hours and 46 minutes, so. If you, want, if you want my coverage, my breakdown, and my read-through of it all, I read through all of it. The, the, the New World Endgame update, the 1.2, it's at the very beginning of the stream. I, I'm not going to rehash that every 15 minutes because a new, a new person comes in. you know. And, and, 
to be fair, a live stream is an organic thing. Like the audience is bringing up different things. We talked about school. We talked about parenting. We talked about my wife. We talked about the holidays. We talked about a, a, a whole gamut of things. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna force uh, the conversation to stay on New World when the interest was very low today. I'm just not going to do it. So. Okay, we're going over to this other video. Again, uh, like our YouTube partner manager said that you're really going to have to lean on your audience. So there's 160 some odd people here. It'd be great to see close to 100 folks head over and support this premiere. Uh, It's me pulling from a Russell Brand interview. Russell Brand interviewed uh, Ben Shapiro and Ben Shapiro explained why he deleted uh, why he deleted Twitter from his phone. So click the click the link in chat. I'll see you guys over there. (laughs) 